listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the town of Edmond, Oklahoma, where I have realized that taxation is not only a theft of money, but a theft of my time. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm staying in front of all those 87,000 IRS agents by not making very much money. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Yay! That's... Or wait. No! You don't don't have to pay that much in taxes when, you know, (laughs) trying to sell stuff that... uh, has gone way down in price when everything else has gone way up in price. Right, right. So, yeah. I've done it both ways. I've had the year end, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. We did really great this year. You know, being on commission, it can vary quite a bit. But like, yeah, wow, we actually pulled through, got, got, got a little bit of money this year. And then you, like, get your, you know, IRS, and you fill out your taxes. It's like, and you owe us $2,500 or $1,500. It's like, oh. For like, where am I supposed to come up with this out of nowhere? Why? It's just because. Oh, congratulations! You made a little bit more money this year. And then there's other times where it's like, hey, you know, we eked it by. We'll be right on the edge. Maybe we'll have to. I've had a couple too where I'll be like, they'll be like, all right, you owe us thirty-two dollars. I'm like, oh fuck, thirty-two. It's like just frustrated at that point. It's like, can I just write like one more thing off? I don't want to pay thirty-two dollars, <laughs> but you pay the thirty-two dollars. But this year with the move and I quit. The end of September, so uh, you know, for last year's uh, deal, we actually got some money back. But unfortunately, I moved right at the moment uh, when the check was supposed to come for our refund, uh, which was back in May. And one failed to deliver, unable to deliver from the post office, sends it back. And basically, you just go into IRS limbo mm. until you can figure this out. So, and I think it's, you know, it's, first off, I think it's because it's an inept organization that operates off of theft. 
And so that's part of it. Uh, the other part is not everybody in there is bad, I'm sure, but there are, you know, they're all government workers and whatnot. But the other part of it is like, there's been so much theft by right. all these different characters that they like once something comes back like that you don't live there anymore they're not sending that check out again like hmm. at all so I, I go online i try to do it there i got sucked into this weird corner of the irs website which one of our listeners had warned us about where they're like all right well scan your face scan your id <laughs> scan your this scan your that and I, I, I get like I get like eight I just want my money, man. So I get like eighty percent of the way through the process and I'm like, this doesn't feel something feels wrong. So I hang up, call the tax guy, because my wife has her own business, so you know, no longer can we like plug it into TurboTax. You know, we actually need someone that can do something. So I call him, you know, what's going on? What can I do? And he's like, Oh yeah, you know, um, what we can do is uh, don't go. He's like, you can check on the status of your website, but don't do that real ID stuff. He's like, it's so annoying. I don't know why they do that. But like, literally, you could just click around it so you don't sk- upload and scan all your information in. Hmm. And he shows well, me, how- and it's not even them directly. It's like some third-party vendor. Really weird. Yeah. Really odd. And he told me exactly how to do it. And sure enough, I could. And there it was. This, hey, returned undeliverable. So. We he says, hey, fill this out, which is basically a change of address, and, and sign it, and then send it back. And so we do that. It's been months, and then I log in, and it still says the same thing. You know, it's been returned to sender, and I'm like, what in the world? So then they get okay. Here's what you gotta do: you gotta call this 800 number and press the such and such extension. Okay, cool. I'll just do it. So I do that. It's like Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. What, like what's the problem with that there's no what like what stamp central standard time like what time seven to seven so i begin calling this thing call it during the day basically just says we have too many phone calls call back some other time hangs up on me <laughs> did that like a dozen half a dozen times then i call early in the morning we're not open yet then i call late at night we're not open yet just over and over finally today i got through uh, and I knew I was through just because it was another part of the menu that I hadn't even been to yet. And uh, any any over-unders on how long I was on the phone? Let's see if I can pull it up here. Uh, an hour and 45 minutes. He says an hour and 45 minutes. Let's take a look here. Where did I? I, got, I think I got rid of it. 103 minutes. How, how long is that? It's pretty close, right? Oh, I nailed it. Yeah. You you did, yeah. An hour and forty eight. Good job. No, well, it was a hundred. You said a hundred and three. Yep. So that's an hour forty three, and I said an hour forty five. You nailed it. Good job. You're killing it today. It's almost like I've been on hold for a bunch of my life <laughs> in the last two days. <laughs> I was like, I was like so excited to be on hold because I've been trying for like weeks to get through. Yep. My, my wife's like, let's sit down and eat. And I'm like, I'm on hold. They could answer at any time. She's like, she like, rolls her eyes at me, like, put it on speakerphone. If you're eating dinner, when they answer the phone, you can just get up and walk. I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so so did, did it get resolved? Yeah. I spoke to a human being, explained the situation. She, this, she It was the most, uh, I think they were five minutes away from close. Because seven to seven, this, they, I finally got through at seven, 6.55. I was so worried it was going to go past seven. I was just going to be like, yeah. click, click. 
655, she opens, and it was the longest, like, uh, fill in the blank to check your identity question I'd ever been through. But, and I thought about afterwards when I hung up the phone, I had, like, she gave me zero information. I provided everything the wrong ID or the wrong address, birthdays, names, numbers, everything. So it, it would have been really hard to fake. If I was a scammer, I guess I, maybe I could have been. But anyway, just basically a whole bunch of those mother's maiden name type of questions. Yeah. So anyway, I got it resolved, hopefully. So, oh, in it, great, great news. Because it was resolved today, they will process the check in four weeks. In four weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, cool. So I'll get it in five. Sir, I don't make guarantees on when you will receive it, but we will process it in four weeks. <laughs> What said the yeah because they Sounds can't just good. like open up the one they sent and put it in a different envelope and send it to you. <laughs> no, we're gonna send it seconds. No, back through the treasury it goes. Yeah, okay. Let's drag this thing out. So anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, first day of school for many kids in the south here. Uh, yep, kind of insane. Starts for early. Us. Yeah, kind of insane for us Northwesterners. This is uh, really early. Yeah, I was starting to tell you before I got on on the uh, the show here. This morning I wake up, do my norm- morning routine, and head to the gym. Uh, it's here in the in the neighborhood. Head over to the gym, and uh, unfortunate start to the day. The gym door is locked, and there's some sort of malfunction with the the door, so I can't I can't work out, which is a bad start to my day. So I hop back in the car and drive home, and I start to notice that there are children. <laughs> standing on the corners <laughs> in a bus driving through the neighborhood man these kids looked miserable <laughs> oh really oh. i mean some of them are excited but most yeah. of them were just kind of standing there you know it's like before seven like or maybe right at it's wow. like before seven maybe right at seven and they're just standing on the edge of the corner just long face just thousand yard stare like here we go what what's gonna happen next riding the bus isn't any fun doesn't matter where you're going to school if you're excited about school. I don't think riding the bus is, is any fun. But anyway, well, kids uh, kids hopping yeah. on the bus. Yeah. First day of school. There it is. Get get the government indoctrination going. Yeah. Isn't that a cool cool idea? <laughs> just just bring them in. Indoctrinate them. Call it a day. So. Yeah, we've got uh our our youngest is at a public school because she needs special ed and it's just not not really possible for private school. Sure. But uh, super nice building and we're glad that we're in Piedmont because Piedmont schools seem they have a lot better reputation than Oklahoma City schools. So. So it's not an Oklahoma City school. No, it's a Piedmont Piedmont school. Well, you say no, it's a Piedmont. Like I should know that, but what's your trash? So we, <laughs> we are in Oklahoma City, and we yeah. have Oklahoma City utilities, but Oklahoma City Metro is one of the very few areas that will have let you be in a different school district than your utilities are in. That's interesting. Oh, so, right, because usually it's taxed through that. That's because this whole development that's part of the promotion is Piedmont Schools. Ah. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. Because uh, everyone wants... Piedmont schools, not 
Oklahoma City schools. But yeah, anyway. yeah. Just like where I'm at, everybody wants Edmond schools, not right. Oklahoma City schools. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but, but then our, it's, it's kind of funny. So we went and saw that school a couple nights ago. Super nice, like brand new. Huge, everything, you know, glistening, nice and new. Then my older daughter's going to a, <laughs> a Christian school with like 50 students total. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a, a work night. So I went to that, which, you know, basically replacing light bulbs and chopping down overgrown bushes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for vacuuming sure. Vacuuming yeah. vents and what have you. So it's kind of a, yeah. just an older kind of dingy church building but I, th- I think it'll be a good good school so sure i uh i was telling you off air that i got my son enrolled in a in a private christian school as well and it's uh kind of insane how many people they are cramming onto a very small campus these days because get this private school uh demand skyrocketing so yeah as, and that's that's in Edmond, where there's a pretty good reputation for the public schools. Yeah. Even more so, you know, Northwest or anywhere else where it's the public schools have well-deserved, terrible reputations. So. Absolutely, they do. And, uh, yeah, Edmond supposedly here has some of the best public schools in the, in, uh, the whole state. Yet yeah. we are, uh, yeah exploding every christian school here that's one thing about this area though is uh people people like the jesus yeah and the idea that their kids are raised uh talking about jesus so has well, its, it has its uh has its pros and cons yeah it's uh yeah and certainly not not perfect but also I'm so thankful to not have had to make those same school decisions back in the Northwest. So, at least. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, thank goodness, they're not dealing with the masks anymore. So we probably would have been at the same school. But you know, the moment the masks come back or something like that, it, everything yeah. starts going a little bit wild, and it's just I, I become incredibly uncomfortable at that point. Well, should we get into it? Let's get into it. There is a lot to cover this week. Seems like uh, well, because we waited a little longer. It's been nine days, so we got yeah. But it just seems like just a lot happening. A lot happened. We touched on the IRS stuff, which uh, yeah, I don't th- even think I threw in a story about the you know the Green New Deal stuff passing after they said, oh no, it's dead, it's not happening, and then. Whatever happened to Joe Manchin, or whatever bribe, or what have you, all of a sudden that changed, and we renamed it, and it's the Inflation Reduction Act, and we're going to reduce inflation by spending billions of dollars. Makes perfect sense. Sounds like you're being sarcastic, Andrew. And, yeah, 87,000 IRS agents, great. They gave him a boat? Well, you know, as long as some of them are answering the phone, I'll... I'll, uh... (laughs) <laughs> I think we need a couple, but uh, it turns out they're getting a bunch of uh, ammunition again. But uh, it seems like we do this every five years or so. What, well, what, there, what does the IRS the, consistently need? Like, the, like ser- serious question: Are they just throwing away the ammunition after five years? Like this is expired. Oh, no, no, no. no, they 
they had a job posting, which I saw referenced a bunch of different places. I'm pretty sure it was legitimate. That talked about you have to be willing to use deadly force <laughs> for this, their new hiring positions there. So, no, they the ammo uh, will not go unused, not just to be thrown away. So, <laughs> there was a, I think it was a TikTok video or something that was thrown onto Twitter. I came across, and it was a lady, and she says, "You know, I'm just, I'm just in a really good mood, but I feel this like." You know this optimism. I feel like I, I'm ready to learn something that's not ideal. If you could just hit me with some reality real quick, this <laughs> guy like, or the I think it just cuts and it's actually her in a different you know outfit, and she's like, uh, federal income tax didn't start till the Federal Reserve started in 1913, and then it goes back to her. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it, snap me and back it to was reality. A voluntary one percent. Oh, just voluntary. It's just voluntary. Yeah, yeah. Just a donation. Help with the war. Could just chip in. Chip in, Andrew. Chip in, and now it's we will literally kill you if you resist paying whatever percentage we say you owe to the IRS. Yeah. Oh, but. Uh, well, I've got some. You want to play the uh, the Great Reset clips from What's Her Face? So I don't. It doesn't really go with anything else I've got. I thought just thought they were good clips. All right, let's do it. Let's see, I got a player here. Open it up. Still in last week's show. Do 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 do. Well, let, before. All right, what you, do we got here? While you're queuing that up. Mm-hmm. Let me just oh say, yeah, I think I remember this gal. Yeah, we've played her, mm-hmm. her stuff before. Mm-hmm. So, headline on Citizen Free Press, which you know, it's if I need Shh, to do research. That's your honey me. hole. Don't tell yeah. everybody. Yes, yeah, you, you and Adam Curry. Yeah, Adam Curry and I both both use the Citizen Free Press. I will credit them. He does not. Uh, Headline, Lyme disease cases skyrocket. And just on a related note, Children's Health Defense put out an article from our gal Megan Redshaw, who's the one who wrote the Why You Should Move to Oklahoma article that we talked about. No kidding. Uh, Lyme disease vaccine. Pfizer launches phase three trial targeting kids and adults. Hmm. So these, these two things just... There's been a lot more Lyme disease than they have acknowledged for a long time. Like I, I talked about how it was kind of the opposite of the COVID scam, where they used the PCR test to to say you didn't have it when you did with Lyme disease, and with COVID it was the other way around when they were trying to say there was a pandemic. Hmm. So they're. I think they're getting ready to say like, oh, wait a second, all of a sudden everybody's got Lyme disease when it's been going on for years and years. And where did that come from exactly? Um, but uh, they've, they had a Lyme disease vaccine. It did, not, it did not go over well and people stopped taking it. And so they, they just stopped giving it out altogether. But now Pfizer's back. So I'll just... I'll read through this real quick. So, 
Pfizer on Monday said it launched the final phase of testing for an experimental vaccine to prevent Lyme disease. The company plans to create a seasonal vaccine that people age 5 and older can get during the months when ticks are most active. If approved, the vaccine could be the first human vaccine available for Lyme disease in the U.S. in more than two decades after Limerix, manufactured by GlaxoSmithKline, was withdrawn from the market in 2002 due to lawsuits, safety concerns, and dwindling sales. According to a press release, Pfizer, Pfizer and French partner Valneva are enlisting 6,000 participants ages 5 and older for a late-stage clinical trial that will test the vaccine, VLA-15, against a tick-borne illness. According to clinicaltrials.gov, 18,000 healthy participants 5 years and older were recruited for the study. In its press release, Pfizer did not explain the discrepancy in the number of trial participants. VLA-15 is a multivalent protein subunit vaccine. Kind of sounds familiar there. Targeting the outer surface protein of Borrelia, the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. The vaccine is supposed to protect against six forms of the protein expressed by the bacterial species present in North America and Europe. During the phase 3 clinical trial, participants will receive three doses of VLA-15 or a placebo, followed by one booster dose or another placebo. So four doses just in the trial. The study will be held in as many as 50 sites where Lyme disease is highly endemic, the drug maker said including Finland, Germany, the Netherlands, Poland, Sweden, and the U.S. Pending successful completion of the trials, Pfizer may request approval for its vaccine from regulators in the U.S. and Europe in 2025. So just uh, put that on your calendar for the... Oh, wait a second. We've Everyone's got Lyme disease, but now there's the vaccines. 2025, you say? Yeah, 2025. Well, With 2025 increasing... is an interesting date, too. I think that's the end of the uh, the... The trial for the COVID vaccine, I think, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, we'll find out if the COVID vaccine is safe or not. Yeah. Uh, with increasing global rates of Lyme disease, providing a new option for people to help protect themselves from the disease is more important. Annalise Anderson, senior vice president and head of vaccine research and development at Pfizer, said in a press release, Anderson told the Associated Press the company is really looking at something that's a seasonal vaccine so we can sell more vaccines. Oh, wait, I mean, uh, so people have high antibody levels during the months when ticks are most active. All right. Uh, Typical symptoms of the illness include rashes, fever, chills, headache, fatigue, muscle and joint aches, and swollen lymph nodes. Lyme disease can be treated effectively and rapidly with antibiotics. If left untreated, it can cause damage to joints, facial palsy, or drooping. Which facial palsy things interesting because uh, vaccines can also cause that. But about one in every hundred cases can result in Lyme carditis, which occurs when Lyme disease bacteria enter the heart tissues. Yet only eleven fatal cases of Lyme carditis were reported during a thirty-four year period between 1985 and 2019. In phase two of the study, the companies tested the experimental VLA vaccine. At two different administration schedules, a two-dose regimen six months apart, and a three-dose, right, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. According to data obtained after the Phase two trial, Pfizer's Lyme disease vaccine saw a drop-off in protection after 18 months, and vaccine recipients will need a booster. All right, skipping down. Talks about the money. All right. Uh, 
And I'll, I'll end with the uh, Merck said in 2019 it was working on a vaccine for Lyme disease. According to Gregory Poland, the director of the vaccine research group at the, at the in fact, I think we might have talked about that. Yep. The Merck one. Yep. Every manufacturer that has considered bringing the Lyme disease vaccine to market has determined it's unlikely to make a profit. However, this is likely to change as the demand for a Lyme vaccine is greater than ever before. Hmm. So, you know, just keep an eye on the Lyme disease thing. It's, they're not done with that bioweapon. So, hmm. you got to have the, the bioweapon and the vaccine bioweapon to prevent the bioweapon. So. Yikes. I do have some uh, vaccine-related clips, but uh, I think we got What's-Her-Face queued up, so go for it. Heard of the Great Reset by one of its more familiar names, like Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, or my personal favorite, the New World Order. And don't be fooled by the term reset, because they don't plan on resetting anything. A reset is when your Super Mario game glitches, so you take out the cartridge, you blow in it, you stick it back in, and boom, up pops Mario again. This is kind of like that, except when you turn the game back on, instead of Mario on your screen, it's Bowser coming out of the TV to murder your grandma. We're talking about the complete transformation of humanity into a godless transhumanist nightmare from Orwellian hell. I want to direct your attention to the World Economic Forum who created this demonic plan, and more specifically to their chief, Klaus Schwab. Now Mr. Schwab likes to throw around a lot of buzzwords to convince the masses that this agenda is for the betterment of humanity. Words like sustainability and inclusivity and equality for all. But in his 2016 book The Fourth Industrial Revolution, he's a lot more candid about the elitist plan for world domination. Let's skim through some excerpts from this literary masterpiece, shall we? The tools of the fourth industrial revolution enable new forms of surveillance and other means of control that run counter to healthy open societies. Oh, well, that sounds helpful. Public crime is likely to decrease due to the convergence of sensors, cameras, AI, and facial recognition software. These technologies can intrude into the hitherto private space of our minds reading our thoughts and influencing our behavior. Sounds a lot like mind control, but that's a conspiracy, so it can't be. As capabilities in this area improve, the temptation for law enforcement agencies and courts to use techniques to determine the likelihood of criminal activity, assess guilt, or even possibly retrieve memories directly from people's brains will increase. Even crossing a national border might one day involve a detailed brain scan to assess an individual's security risk. And last, but definitely not least, the future will challenge our understanding of what it means to be human from both a biological and a you can just play the second part. It's now, unless you've been microdosing sedatives for the past eight months, I'm sure you've realized by now that the CV-19 pandemic was manufactured to kickstart this agenda. And if you haven't noticed, congratulations. There's a very good chance that you'll escape vaporization. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. But the invisible boogeyman narrative won't hold up forever, and the WEF is well aware of that. That's why they have a backup crisis to carry the agenda home. What crisis would that be? That's right, you guessed it, our good old friend, 
global warming. For those of you who don't know, global warming is a manufactured crisis created by the Club of Rome, a crisis think tank created in 1968 in order to convince the masses to agree to their own demise. So be prepared to hear about all the sacrifices you're gonna have to make in order to save the planet. Sacrifices like giving up your property rights, being forced into smart cities, and being injected with nanotechnology so they can track you down for thought crimes. Now why anyone in their right mind would think it's a good idea to give the very elitists who destroyed the planet more power to now save the planet is beyond me, but hey, we're talking about the same species who eats Tide Pods and thinks polyester can protect you from a virus. Yeah, yeah, that's just a good uh, point. I'll throw in a, a headline there. Uh, Bill Gates promotes climate measures in Democrats' economic package. Oh, oh that's good. Oh. Uh, Bill Gates thinks it's good. We're this must be really great. We're on the we're on the road to recovery. I yeah, can I can feel it already. Yeah, thanks, Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema. What in the world happened? Is this like? Oh, I don't. I never believed it when they said it was dead the first time. But yeah. Well, no, I just mean with Manchin and this this whole like. Mansion saving the country, and then it's just ah, Mansion got COVID. Mansion's Mansion gave up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they, maybe they said we're gonna kill you if you don't do this, or maybe they made him a deal. Yeah. So it was, you know, we'll see what what job old Joe Mansion gets after after being ousted. But he was probably losing anyway. You know, it's. Same thing with cinema, but she's got a few more years left. Hmm. But yeah, just a, a weird state of things, it seems, with Manchin. It is weird people coming back from having uh, COVID and being completely different people almost. Yeah. Yeah, there's a. Uh, there's some method they've got there. I don't know. Do they, do they tell you, uh, do you want the remdesivir? Or do you want the... <laughs> do we, Do you want to live? So. Right. Well, um, I came... Well, funny how, you know, Fauci having, and Biden having COVID all the, this time, and not a word about either one of them getting remdesivir. Isn't that strange when that's the one treatment that was available for years and is still recommended. Oh, but he got Paxlovid. Yeah. Which is super effective. <laughs> yeah. Super effective. All right. So I have some clips, actually uh, quite a few here, of a person who has been maligned on this podcast, but uh, I think I try to listen to people who even I may disagree with on some things. And obviously, Russell Brand, one of those people, I disagree with him. On, yeah, disagree with him. On, uh, disagree with him on God. Disagree with him on a lot of stuff. But his video this week, um, I enjoyed quite a bit. I think he brought up a lot of great points. And uh, yeah, I, so you know, I, I try to listen to people who I don't necessarily always agree with. Right? It's it's that's the mature thing to do. Right? You can't listen to people you agree with all the time. You just need to be. You know, in order to have truly intellectual conversations, 
they're intellectually honest, you gotta you gotta challenge yourself with these. But his his video this week, I think even you, if you can get past it being Russell Brand, uh, could even enjoy this video this last week. So let me let me play this. But he really gets into kind of the, what we're talking about here with the vaccines, Paxlovid, and just the just mass nonsense that we're experiencing at this moment. So. Let me hit this here. As whistleblowers from the NIH, FDA and CDC speak out, the COVID narrative is falling apart. Yet those of you who for a long time have suspected we weren't being told the whole truth are conspiracy theorists, right? Hello there, you 5.8 million awakening wonders. Thank you for joining me on this voyage towards truth. We ride upon the waves of your strength, your glory, your optimism. It's you that's going to change the world, not them. You don't need to be frightened anymore. The great power that you've always known within you is being unlocked. And as we unify, the change will come. 5.8 million of us can't all be wrong, can we? Probably, I mean, if we were drunk enough or silly enough or distracted or something, perhaps by the mainstream media, who are determined to lay out false and distracting narratives continually, particularly around the issues where clarity and transparency are most necessary. Today, I'm going to be... So I could have left that... I could have took that whole thing out, that whole first minute. But it's interesting to think of him as like the jester, you know, because gestures have an ability to talk about things in a way that other people don't have the ability to because they're just trying to make you laugh. Whereas, you know, if you get on, start making crazy accusations, you could just get sued into oblivion like Alex Jones. But when you're just joking about it, everybody knows you're just joking about it. So it's interesting he kind of couches it all in like, hey, I'm just joking about all this stuff, but follows it up with straight facts. Like for the next little bit, it's nothing but... I think you'll even be able to agree with what he gets into. Oh yeah, we'll we'll unlock unlock our inner selves and reach the next level, bro. Just can, while we're listening to this, I need you to do some deep breathing. I need you to concentrate on uh, Russell Brand's voice, okay? Whistleblowers from the FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration, the NIH, and the CDC, all have people coming forward to talk to a prominent and respected Johns Hopkins scientist about the way that information has been repressed and mismanaged and mishandled. In this instance, primarily around the recommendation for vaccines for children, But not just that, across the whole scope of this two-year-long pandemic. And if there's any doubt that there's been any confusion at all, just look at these statements and see if you can spot any contradiction. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Tonight, President Biden testing positive for COVID-19 yet again. It is confusing, isn't it? You definitely won't get COVID. I've got COVID. Ah, ah, am I better yet? But before we trust what I've got to say on this issue, I, after all, am a former celebrity and drug addict. Let's see what our old friends, the mainstream media, have got to say on it. Some breaking news from the FDA at this hour. That agency just authorized Pfizer COVID booster shots for kids aged 5 to 11. Got to be good for them, then. It must be necessary. There can't be any other reason that they would recommend it, can there? Up until now, the one hole in the vaccine protection blanket in the United States has been for children 
children five years old and younger. Oh, that's been the main hole in the blanket. There's only been one hole. Not a hole where Pfizer said they're not going to release files for 75 years. Not a hole where yellow card reactions were never discussed. Not a hole where natural immunity was repressed. Not a hole where they said the vaccines were 100% effective, they're not effective. Not a hole where Paxlovid was said to be 40% effective, then was revealed to be 2% effective. It's not a blanket, it's a pair of fishnet tights, love. It's what you got there. They couldn't get them, leaving many parents frustrated. I know, if only Sesame Street would jump on this and mentally bludgeon us. Getting your COVID vaccine, Elmo. The FDA authorized vaccine boosters for children ages 12 to 15 on Monday. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God, the old fishnet stockings are becoming more reliable. The blanket is finally closing. The mainstream media, along with the government and big business, in particular Big Pharma, have done it again. They've come together to help us, the people. That's what they do, right? The agency says everyone in that age group can now get a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Notice they use the word can, not ought or should, or it would be beneficial that. They only have to say can at this point because they've spent the last two years terrifying us into thinking it's the only possible solution. Now, I'm not saying that vaccines don't work. I'm not saying that you should ignore the government. I'm not saying that there are not benefits to the marvels of modern medicine, to the ingenuity of the scientific community. I'm simply saying that in the case of children, there may be some counter arguments not my counter-arguments, the bloke that was in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forget that guy, who needs him? I'm talking about Marty Macari, professor at John Hopkins School of Medicine. Listen to his arguments, then get this, decide for yourself. This week, the Brooklyn Nets and Pfizer invited dozens of children from Brooklyn-based community groups to the Barclays. Good old Pfizer, there they are, just helping kids do basketball. What's our main objective at Pfizer this year? Well, personally, I would just like to see more kids playing basketball. Are we going to get any return on that? Well, no, just to see the kids playing basketball. To the Barclays to improve their basketball skills. Just improve their basketball skills? You mean that's it? Come on, there's got to be something. Well, I suppose we could push for the fourth vaccine booster. Keep talking. Fifth? Come on. Six? How about 666, the number of the beast? Let's get everybody vaccinated, baby! Obviously, I'm having a bit of fun there, and you must always make your own health decisions because you are a responsible, brilliant person. You've got this far. You've overcome the many obstacles in your life that you've gone through that no one will ever know that you've surmounted. You don't need me to tell you what to do. You don't need anyone to tell you what to do. So, not a lot of holes in the vaccine. You know, the one thing we needed was the... the the toddler to five-year-old. That's what was holding us back. The whole the toddler's to five-year-old. If we could just get that done, then then we would be good. Yeah. I didn't want to bring it to the show, and it was a video anyway. But you see the clip of the supposedly healthcare worker in the Burger King screaming at the kids that they should be wearing masks. No. Ugh. Gets into a shouting match because their dad's like, basically, leave my kids alone. And then, anyway, it's just... A, he gets in a shouting match with the, with the dad or whatever? He, the, the father of the children uh-huh. that was being harassed by the 250-pound healthcare worker in a mask got in an altercation with the lady in the mask. And then he just took his kids out of the 
Burger King. I feel like I feel like I have to see this, and I feel like your explanation leaves a lot to be desired. The healthcare worker that weighs two hundred fifty pounds is also a woman. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. So when I yeah. when, you, when you say two hundred fifty pounds, I'm thinking it's it's a man, it's a linebacker, it's a big oh, dude. No, no, it's a. It, and she looks exactly like someone who would be a frequent customer at Burger. King. I was gonna say yes. The the it doesn't. Yeah, the irony is not lost. But she, and I don't, you know, she claimed, she didn't claim to be a nurse, she claimed to be a healthcare worker. So, I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to keep it going. I got more Russell Brand. This is basically oh. at this point, yeah, you're going to have to deal with it, buddy. This Basically at this point, he is reading straight from Substack from the guy who left the CDC because of this stuff, which I think is valuable information for us to, to glean from this. But here's some information from Marty McCary, who... I think he's some sort of conspiracy theorist over at the John Hopkins School of Medicine. If I'm right, David Icke and Alex Jones set up the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and Marty McCurry, he just works there. Also, Dr. Tracy Beth Herg, an epidemiologist affiliated with the Florida Department of Health, which I believe was set up on a grassy knoll by Lee Harvey Oswald. But here's an insight. And scientists at the top levels of the NIH, FDA and CDC are variously frustrated, exasperated and alarmed about the direction of the agencies to which they've devoted their careers. That's not what you want, is it, when you've devoted your career to something? How do you feel about devoting your career to that agency? Well, I'm sort of frustrated, exasperated, and alarmed. Welcome to the firm. Right now, internal critics of these agencies are focused on one issue above all. Why did the FDA and the CDC issue strong blanket recommendations for COVID vaccines in children? Three weeks ago, the CDC vigorously recommended mRNA COVID vaccines for 20 million children under the age of five. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, declared that the mRNA COVID vaccine should be given to everyone six months or older because they are safe and effective. The trouble is that this sweeping recommendation (laughs) was based on extremely weak and inconclusive data provided by, wait for it, Pfizer and Moderna. This sweeping recommendation, was it based on strong and conclusive data? Oh no, it was extremely weak and inconclusive data. Well, thank God the recommendations are sweeping then. Start with Pfizer. Using a free dose vaccine in 992 children between the ages of six months and five years, Pfizer found no statistically significant evidence of vaccine efficacy. Let me say that again. No statistically significant evidence. In the subgroup of children aged six months to two years, the trial also found that the vaccine could result in a 99% lower chance of infection, but that they could also have a 370% increased chance of being infected. In other words, Pfizer reported a range of vaccine efficacy so wide that no conclusion could be inferred. So it's not that the vaccine definitely does nothing, but it certainly isn't that it definitely does something. Is that following the science to make a recommendation on that basis? No reputable medical journal would accept such sloppy and incomplete results with such a small sample size. More to the point, these results should have given pause to those who are in charge of public health. Now, I should point out that Professor Marty McCurry has been inundated with communication from former staff members at the FDA, NIH and CDC since publishing in Newsweek. We did a video about that article. I'll link to it at the end. Since then, whistleblowers have been reaching out. We're in disarray. It's chaos here. You can check out the article on Substack for yourself. We'll put a link in the description. This is amazing information from Marty McCurry, what I would call a proper scientist who is following data in order to reach conclusions and pose further questions, not simply making recommendations, which, here's a wacky coincidence, make a profit for Pfizer and Moderna. That's weird, because they're the people that funded the study. What?
I think you're muted. My fault. Uh, like I said, at this point, he's basically uh, reporting from Macari's uh, substack, basically just reading it. I didn't know about this. I didn't know that there was whistleblowers that were reaching out to him. I didn't know that uh, there was turmoil at the FDA and the CDC. And then what he, he gets into next is the people who quit and what they've been saying about the CDC. So, like I said, I know that the the person, not necessarily our favorite is on the show, but the uh, information covered in this video, I, I couldn't find anywhere else. Any thoughts? I thought you were leading into... Yeah, I am. Just going to keep going, I guess. Moderna's results, they conducted a study on 6,388 children with two doses, were not much better. Against asymptomatic infections, they claimed a very weak vaccine efficacy of just 4% in children aged 6 months to 2 years. They also claimed an efficacy of 23% in children between 2 and 6 years old. But neither result was statistically significant. Against symptomatic infections, Moderna's vaccine did show efficacy that was statistically significant, but the efficacy was low. 50% in children aged 6 months to 2 years and 42% in children between 2 and 6 years old. What I believe is that the mainstream media, the government and Big Pharma ought be giving you access directly to that information. I'm not recommending, of course, why the hell would I, that you would vaccinate your children or not vaccinate your children on the basis of this information. I would simply see it as my job to tell you that information and then you decide. I have children and I can look at that information and I can make a decision about what I would do with my own children and what I will do with my children. I believe that you have have the same right to do that. And you might make a different choice than me. And that's all right. That's okay. That doesn't make me bad or you bad or anyone bad. We certainly don't need to fight each other over that. What we should be uniting over is the right to have direct access to that information so we can make our own decisions. You might have a different family to me. You might have grown up in a family of doctors. You might deal with levels of sickness that I can only imagine. Or I might know stuff about my family's personal health and personal circumstances that might make me come to a different outcome. That doesn't make me bad or you bad. Why would we focus on that? Why was the whole two years of the pandemic devoted to condemning people that had a different perspective, that had doubts about it, or you know, vice versa? Why condemn anybody? Why do that? Why spend our limited time here on this planet when we're supposed to be awakening together, condemning one another, while truly malevolent forces continue to succeed? Then there's the matter of how a long vaccine gives protection. We know from data in adults that it's generally a matter of months, but we have no such data for young children. And yet the FDA and the CDC pushed it through. That slap in the face of science may explain why only 2% of parents of children aged under 5 have chosen to get the COVID vaccine, and 40% of parents in rural areas say their paediatricians did not recommend the COVID vaccine for their children. That's how medicine used to be practiced, didn't it? You would go and see your doctor if you trusted your doctor. Your doctor would make a recommendation. You'd go with the doctor. It used to be like a political issue. Oh, no, I don't feel well. For God's sake, get the president on the phone. Like, America was going to be founded on individual freedom, state freedom, community freedom, the right to pursue happiness. These are the values that belong not only to America, but I would argue to humanity as a whole. Make your own decisions. Allow people to live their own lives. Be who you are. Run your community how your community wants to be run according to democratic consensus. Not top-down edicts that come from the WEF or the WHO or the CDC or the NIH. Give us the information. Let us decide. This isn't the first time that COVID vaccine recommendations based on scant evidence have been pushed through these agencies. 
You're right about that, baby. Most recently, back in May, the lack of clinical evidence for booster shots in young people created a stir at the FDA. The White House promoted it hard even before FDA regulators had seen any data. If it isn't based on data, then what the hell has all this follow the science stuff been about? They were making recommendations before they'd seen the data. They were condemning unvaccinated people. Oh, follow the science, follow the science. You follow the science. Let us follow the science. Give us the science, we'll follow it for ourselves. Anything other than that is propaganda at best and tyranny at worst. And that's why people are cynical. And that's why people are frustrated. And that is why people want change. That's why people don't trust the media. That's why people don't trust the government. That's why they don't trust Big Pharma. It's not complicated. There's a whole last part to it, but I'll, I'll, I'll spare you. You got most of what I wanted to to talk about on the show or have on the show out but it's uh yeah even even a fairly mainstream source i mean he's not super mainstream but five million viewers and just going in on the cdc and just what in the world are we doing Uh, i think in the next clip he actually talks about the current amount of kids that were six months to five years that have taken the vaccine unless he covered it already but it's like two percent something like really low which is awesome absolutely awesome and it's it's almost like they jumped the shark with the 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 six to five year olds six months to five years old you know what i mean like that was even even for the most uh, even for the most asleep among us they were like ah that's weird that's weird i would say object my six month old i mean it just seems seems like maybe they jumped the shark and woke even more people up like wait what we're gonna give it to six months old five or like this is we're talking you know because that's where we it's kind of funny because that's where we give all the other vaccines right six months to five years old it's right in there but those are the special ones that cured major diseases like polio uh no it didn't but i know it didn't andrew i know it didn't i know so Those the, are the, the canonized, uh, right. very, very special vaccines yeah. for that age group. But And we talked about many times the reason why they have to get it on that schedule. Yep. Because the, otherwise, they don't get immunity. Yep. If, if you can get on the schedule, then you get immunity. Um, if it's an FDA-approved vaccine that isn't on the schedule, you don't have immunity. It's like another drug. And yep. you can get sued over it. So that's why uh, I think was it last week we played the the clip with them talking about the how oh never mind no it was I don't think we played it on our show but there's no one in the military got the FDA approved vaccine but the only reason that was in the, the no military podcast yeah uh, yeah he played the Thomas Massey clips right right yeah. So Thomas Massey pointed that out that, hey, you know, the only reason you were allowed to mandate it in the military is that it was FDA approved. And yet not one person in the military that received the vaccine because it was mandated got the the FDA approved version. So and this this is why this is they got to. Now that they've given it to kids, if they can get it on the childhood schedule, then they're good to go. Um, it's still not a done deal. It's still not on the schedule yet. And I think it's kind of questionable 
whether it will be or not. Because a lot of those whistleblowers, the you know, whistleblowers or the people that resigned from the FDA and from the vaccine oversight panel and all that, um, and we we did talk about that. But mm-hmm. the a lot of the reason for that is they're like you're going to mess people up on vaccination as a whole. Right. No, no, no. And that's, yeah. we did talk about that when they resigned. I just didn't know that since then, there's even more people coming out and, and writing articles like, hey, there's something going on here. Like, it's complete chaos. People don't trust each other. They're, you know, nobody doesn't understand why these things are happening. That whole thing that happened at the WHO was really strange where they're like, yeah, there's no need for this, no need for this. We don't need to call it a public emergency. And then what's this, what's the state's oh, name? For, for monkeypox? Yeah. Tedros? Yeah, then Tedros is like, I will call it an emergency. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. It's just like, here yeah. Are the, here are the criteria, and it doesn't meet them, but... It, I'm going to call it an emergency. Call it an emergency anyway. Yeah. But yeah. it's a localized, widespread emergency. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but before we get away from the Russell Brand stuff, mm-hmm. um, it does relate to... Um, an article and a series of clips that I brought. Perfect. About the how the Moderna vaccine was approved. Hmm. Okay. Always, always, so, always fun to, to when when Andrew does the deep dive into Moderna. So the the only um, the, it's it, honestly, you know, it, and I've I've been at the point long ago where it's like, oh, they're just lying, and mm-hmm. but every time you dig deeper, it's it's worse than you thought before. It's like there's there's no and you know, Russell Brand saying like, Oh, you could look at it and make your own decision, da, 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 which is fine, whatever. You know, don't get right. banned from social media. Sure. But no, it's not like uh well some scientists think this and some scientists think that and there's good people on both sides. It's like no, that straight up lies. Um that, you want that to start is, with the that article is a- or the that is actually clips. what he gets into in the very last clip that I was going to play was he says, look, I don't think that there's some sort of nefarious force at the top, but I understand why mm. people think that because this, this and that. And I was like, you know, that's that's kind of where the rub happens for me is I do think there's a nefarious force at the top. But he, he kind of drives home the point that and I think we need to, especially you and me and a lot of Christians who listen to this podcast and anybody who listens to this podcast need to start thinking of these institutions as these behemoths of waste and corruption but like they'd employ like regular people like they're not all like hey let's kill kids but now they're starting to be <laughs> well they're eating the ones out that don't want to kill yeah kids. yeah that's 100 percent accurate they're starting to be backlash and they're starting to weed them out and you know you and i don't think that when it comes down to it whoever came up with this idea through moderna <clears throat> Let's not leave Johnson and Johnson out and uh, and Pfizer, especially with these basically murder batches that they had. So anyway, but it just yeah, that's kind of the, where he loses me. And, and and I think it's good for us to remember, like, not we can't just say they they're not all bad, but we are dealing with this is all in flux. You know, it's I think it's. Yeah, it's too, it was, it's, it's too easy to just think it's everybody's in on it, you know. It's yeah, all, there's well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of compartmentalization, yeah. but when you when something's been corrupt for such a long time, like the CDC or the FBI, there's a lot of bad people. Wait in a there. second, I don't think the FBI is corrupt. I think the FBI's <laughs> got a bunch of people out there that are doing yeah, the yeah, Lord's yeah. work. 
Yeah. So okay. I, I personally, I, I think the FBI's yeah. doing good things. Did you, did you hear somebody tried to shoot up the FBI today? Uh, the Cincinnati yeah. FBI, yeah, with the nail gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel real bad for those FBI. No, I was thinking, about, I was thinking to myself, like, hey, did the wires get jammed? Like, no, 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 Paul, you're supposed to get him to take the taco. The t- no, 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 he's coming here. He's coming here. No, yeah. no, no, he's supposed to go to Taco Bell down the street. Yeah. It's FB- FBI attacking themselves um, <laughs> and going after, you know. <laughs> Would not be the. We got to go down there. We got to go into the Capitol. We got to go into the the FBI agent. Into the FBI agency. Take the nail gun with this nail gun. Take the nail gun into the Taco Bell and kill all the employees. Shoot nails at them from a long ways away. (laughs) Yeah, that'll make everyone feel sorry for the FBI. It's like okay, so the missile needs to hit the part of the Pentagon that's fully reinforced to withstand a missile blast. Only one spot. Oh wait, what? Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. What am I doing? Uh, well, let me let me run through the bullet points from the article, and then okay. we're, we're going to play the... It's the... Uh, let me see how I label them. The Sasha Ladipova with RFK. Got so it. So you see the one, two, yep. and three there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, in the article, uh, it's got some six things that come out. Uh, from her findings, digging through the materials that Moderna presented to the FDA and successfully got approval. Uh, Moderna's non-clinical summary contains mostly irrelevant materials. Okay, They took three different versions, and, and I don't know if I've got this part of the clip, so I, I won't explain too much, but uh, basically, you know, because the, they said... 700 pages of materials. Oh, isn't that impressive? No, no, it's not, especially considering what some of these pages have on them. 400 pages <laughs> were from the same irrelevant study, yeah. three different versions of the same irrelevant study from like four years ago. That was <laughs> over half the <laughs> over half of the 700 pages. All right, so number two, Moderna claims the active substance, mRNA and spike facts, does not need to be studied for toxicity and can be replaced with any other mRNA without further testing. So no need to see if the active substance is dangerous or not. Why would we check that? Moderna's non-clinical program consisted of irrelevant studies of un- unapproved mRNAs and only one uh, good laboratory practice, or GLP, Toxicology study of mRNA-1273, the active substance, and spike facts. There are two separate investigational new drug numbers for mRNA-1273. One is held by Moderna. The other is held by the Division of Microbiology and Infectious Diseases within the NIH, representing a serious conflict of interest. Number five, the FDA failed to question Moderna's scientifically dishonest studies and Uh, dismissing an extremely significant risk of vaccine-induced antibody-enhanced disease. And number six, the FDA and Moderna lied lied about reproductive toxicology studies in public disclosures and product labeling. And I definitely have that part in the clips. So let's, let's go ahead and go through the clips, and then we can come back to the article if we need to. And now we come to the the second part. The second point is that the mRNA 
is the vehicle mm-hmm. that carries the payload, which is the spike protein, to the cells. And the spike protein is the active ingredient. And what they were studying was simply the vehicle. They did not do the the active ingredient, the thing that is likely to make you sick, that is, that is reactive to human tissue, reactive to the immune system. That was not the subject to of any of those. And then what you also say is that there have been literally been no toxicity studies on the actual spike protein, which is extraordinary because that is what is likely to be hurting people. Absolutely. So the claim this this claim is, is key to all of the mRNA DNA products, both Pfizer, Moderna and, and other so-called vaccines. They want you to believe that this, you know, like if you, you, you can put a, you, have, you can have a truck filled with food or you can have a truck filled with explosives. They're saying it doesn't matter. Focus on the truck. It's the same truck. It doesn't matter what's inside. Right. So obviously that's preposterous. Also, we're talking about completely new chemical entity. In fact, I'm, I included in my article review from European Medicines Agency reviewers who wrote a large summary describing how novel all of this is, both the vehicle and the content, which is the mRNA coding for spike protein. And they said it's completely novel compound, nothing like this was ever approved before. Therefore, this is a new molecular entity. And as a new molecular entity, you're required to study that new molecular entity. And if it's a do if it's a two-part, like a payload and vehicle, well both separately and together in the final assembly. And they've never done that. And this is almost like saying if you study a polio vaccine, it comes in the same syringe as the flu vaccine or as, you know, an insulin shot or whatever. And as long as you study the syringe, it doesn't matter what's inside it. <laughs> so that's the the first issue is that they never looked at, you know, the mRNA that supposedly generates a spike protein whatever they never looked at that specific thing they were given emergency use approval without showing what happens when right. you when you give this to people so that's the first part um, you got anything you want to say about that or you want to go to the second part no, i'm excited for more all right there were 29 studies offered mm-hmm. okay and only 10 of those all of them were non non GLP. Yeah, non so none of them would be none of them would be approved in any other legitimate study because they're mm-hmm. all they all use flawed laboratory practices. None of them qualify as good laboratory practices. Um there were twenty nine unique studies, but only ten were done with the correct mRNA. Mm-hmm. And of those, nine of them were pharmacology studies and only one which which looked at efficacy does the vaccine prevent disease only one looked at toxicology yes exactly and that one Mm -hmm. was not completed at the time the approval was given Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so the the nine are related to efficacy although theoretical efficacy they're measuring antibodies in the in the blood and then they also dismissed their own results by saying they're unvalidated assays, we didn't have positive controls, 
you know, all, all sorts of language like well, that. This is the, and this is the irony, because they use those studies to get approval. Mm -hmm. When the studies come back and said, oh, uh-oh, there were these horrendous problems. Mm -hmm. Then they said, oh, those studies are not legitimate because they're not controlled. Mm -hmm. so they first use them to get approval, and then when the studies give these horrendous safety signals, mm -hmm. they said, don't pay any attention to those studies, they're illegitimate. Yeah, they're, they're dismissing their own findings and saying it's unvalidated assays, we don't have positive controls, or oh, the virus is so novel that there are no animal models for it. Then they're referring to SARS and MERS animal models, and like, well, then you have those models, right? And then they're also saying, well, Ralph Barrick gave us a mouse-adapted SARS-CoV-2 virus. I'm like, oh, wait a second, so it's not that novel, he has a mouse-adapted virus. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. one sentence... One paragraph, they say there are no mouse adopted mm -hmm. SARS viruses that we can study in mice. Uh -huh. so you can and then, give them out, and then in the very next paragraph, they quote Ralph Barrick, yes, saying we have mouse adopted viruses. I got plenty of them for anybody who wants to essentially. Hmm. Wow. So the. You know, that's the level of contradiction. It's it's funny too. It's like that that's they've got a, in there. That's always been my issue too. Is well, what what about the childhood vaccine schedule? You know, it's it's not been proven to cause autism. Oh, that's cool. Have we done a control study? Have we done a, a study where there's a control group that doesn't <laughs> yeah. take the vaccine? Oh, we haven't. Well, it's weird that you discount that study because there's no control group, which you could have used. Like, isn't it your study? You yeah. could have well, you could have made a control group, right? Remember, remember, Fauci saying, "Oh, those studies don't count because they're not there was no control group when it came to ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine yeah. and stuff." And just like, like obviously, we would never count. We'd never, you know, pay attention to anything that wasn't in a perfectly controlled. And they had none of it. For no. any for Pfizer Never. or or Moderna, and for anybody but, out there that's not familiar with it, Andrew Wakefield's whole deal, the whole thing, is where's the control study that shows that kids who are not taking vaccines are getting a, an increase in autism, and while kids that are taking the vaccines are getting the same, you know, where where's the right. control where we can actually compare the two things. And the answer, quite frankly, as plainly as in English as I can say it, is there isn't any. Well, there, there's even no when they study started that to, they recognize, but you could look at yeah, even when I they started know, to look, approach look those at the Amish kids. Yeah. Oh wait, very low rates of autism. Let's look at this this you know holistic doctor's practice where he doesn't give out vaccines and most of his patients are aren't vaccinated. Oh, what do you know? Very low rates of autism. Hmm. Yeah, and that's and that and that cleaned out a whole group of people within the CDC the first time around the early two thousands that were like, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, it's and then you know Wakefield gets a couple anonymous whistleblowers who come out and say, hey, here's some slides, here's some actual taped conversation. There's some weird stuff going on in there. It didn't make too much sense to me. I wasn't wasn't proud of it. And now here we are, 22 years later. It's a, the juggernaut has accelerated, and we still have just a couple outliers. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure about this. They haven't backed off. They've, you know, doubled, quadrupled, you know, down on what they're doing. Just more vaccines, more vaccines, more vaccines. 
And, you know, if we call it a vaccine, it is by definition safe and effective. Without, safe and effective. Without any, you know, argument or <laughs> proof whatsoever. Hey, as you can hear from this. We should write a new, uh, a new, the new 1984 Ignorance is Strength and whatever. But you have to include vaccines are safe and effective. Yeah, safe and effective. So this uh, this third clip really gets me riled up. So let's let's play that. One. I'm excited. Are you gonna get yelling? Are you gonna start ranting like I, I do? I might. Oh, hold on, everybody. Do you need to get some water? Are you good? I'm good. All right. Did you golf today? I shot a. I, I played nine before work after dropping youngest off at school, and. Uh, Walked nine holes that same course you you played with me. Birdied the first three holes I played. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, he will not rant and rave after a morning <laughs> like that. Here we go. The fertility issue needs to be studied for both women and men. There are two genders involved in the process. And that's a requirement from any new compound, new drug that's given to people of reproductive potential. However, neither Pfizer nor Moderna ever studied it in male for male fertility issues. So what they did is they, they designed these non-GLP studies in rats that you know were pregnant. Only females were vaccinated, not the males. So we have no idea what it does to young men who want to have children in the future. So that's one issue. Now, what they did in a female study, they examined both you know fetuses and when they delivered the pups and they found well first of all during the pregnancy mothers experienced toxicity and moderna in their summary associated the toxicity with the highest expression of antigen meaning that it is vaccine related so the pregnant rats were losing weight they were losing fur which you can imagine rats eat all the time if they're losing weight especially pregnant rats losing weight it's a major major issue Obviously, it's a huge toxicity. Uh, and then um, they found uh, skeletal malformations in the babies and also associated with the time of when the mothers were experiencing highest toxicity, which means it's also vaccine-related. The skeletal malformations is a standard test in reproductive toxicology studies in animals, and that shows that during that time, the skeleton is not developing well. The ribs are wavy, malformed. There are different depositions and they call them nodules. There are extra ribs sometimes where they're not supposed to be. And so that all means that there is developmental abnormality in the baby. And so Moderna rolled it up and they said, well, we had statistically significant increase in the vaccinated arm of these types of skeletal malformations. And then what FDA did, and you can read it on their, again, summary regulatory action document, they wrote it up and they said the reproductive toxicology study was done and there were no vaccine-related skeletal abnormalities. So they went and directly lied on behalf of the manufacturer. And okay. So you had, you had a situation where the manufacturers actually pointing to alarming birth defects in, <laughs> in the fetuses, the pops, of pregnant rats that are given this vaccine, alarming, like horrendous stuff. And that, that would kill any other product. It's like thalidomide. You know, mm -hmm. These are the kind of things that we saw from thalidomide. And FDA sees that, clearly understands it cannot acknowledge that fact and still give the drug approval. So it simply declares there were no birth defects. 
And that's what it told the public. It just lied to us. They just lied to the public. Not only they just lied, you know, you remember that was whole campaign of coercion and forcing pregnant women to vaccinate. They were all my honest colleagues in the pharmaceutical industry. We were appalled. You never, ever, ever do this. You never give experimental drug to pregnant women. Even with like studies that are properly designed, we still are cautious and we want to wait and see and uh, what the outcomes data shows. No, this was right, right out of the gates. Even before the emergency use authorization, I saw on Twitter CDC putting advertisements pushing this on pregnant women. Yeah, there's, I have no words for this. But yes, FDA went and directly lied. And then they sat on this data for a year and we only got it under court order. Hmm. So to, to recap, yeah, all the, all that messaging you heard about the vaccines are safe. They're not going to affect fertility. They're safe for pregnant women. In fact, pregnant women should get them especially right. Was based on, uh, zero studies of what happens in men and now you know we've we've heard oh wait now that they are doing studies well it does you know lower lower your ability to father a child for but it's temporary it'll probably it'll probably bounce back at some point uh you know that stuff has started coming out a little bit but for for the approval they didn't even make them look at it no why, why check and then for for women, this the it's safe was based on one study done on rats in which there were such serious problems that Moderna said, "Well, there's some pretty serious problems here," and the FDA said, "No, we don't we don't see anything there, uh, no birth defects, safe, fine, roll it out, inject all the pregnant women you can." I don't know. I don't think there's any way you could possibly sit back and look at the entire COVID vaccination campaign and think that something nefarious isn't going on. Yeah. I don't know what the intention is. I still don't know. I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to, to, to absorb more information and try to figure it out. Population decrease does feel like part of it. Uh, maybe just training for the next one, maybe just a kind of a dry run, you know, collect the data type of deal, but you cannot, empirically honestly remove destroying fertility from whatever from any part of the covid vaccine whether it's all just to decrease the popular it's it's actually just to to it was you know to just get people to to be subservient or to just kill them with one out of every 200 batches would be deadly or whatever you want to come up with whatever your conclusion is I think at this point you have to include something to do with fertility because it clearly destroys fertility. It seems as though, and I think we read a story on this show, that it was similar dosing to a drug that you give uh, for birth control to uh, horses and uh, equine animals. So I'm not saying it is that, but when you start getting, you know, look in the VAERS database, you could find, you know, uh, three-year-olds uh, with uh, menstrual bleeding. Yeah. Or, so or what is happening? Sixty-year-old women. Yeah. yeah. So what is happening? Six-year-old women is. I know that that's medically. 
I, but it's like the idea that my my daughter always started bleeding just freaking crazy. It's like complete nuts. Like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> that is bananas. That makes no sense at all. It's fertility is clearly in the sights, and of course, fertility is in the sights of all this stuff. As we've played this clip a million times, and we'll continue to play it. It seems as though there is not one thing that'll do it to you. There is a bunch of things. You get the COVID vaccine, you get your glyphosate, you get your seed oil, you get yeah. your MSG, you get your uh, what is it? Soda? What's the what's the which pre- prescription drugs? Pres- oh, like prescription that. drugs are off the charts. That's that's a huge one. What's the main thing they're spraying in the sky? I always mess this up. It's sodium iodide? So, so, so. No. no. Silverite. Whatever it is. But you add all those things together. Outside, there's, yeah. You add all those things together, and it's just like Batman from 1988 discovering how the Joker killed the people in, the, in Gotham. Four, three, two, one. Cue music. Good evening. The fashion world was stunned today by the sudden deaths of models Candy Walker and Amanda Keeler. Cause of death has been attributed to a violent allergic reaction, although authorities have not ruled out the possibility of drug use. Peter. And plans continue for the city's 200th birthday. As Mayor Borg announced today the unveiling, this just in. Three mysterious deaths at a beauty parlor in... (laughs) At a beauty parlor in Gotham were discovered today. Barry, what the hell's going on? (laughs) Becky, this is hardly the... (laughs) Becky! Kill a camera. This is Renee on the news floor. Dane, I need some paramedics up here now. All right. New and improved Joker products with a new secret ingredient. Smiley. What is it? Now, let's go over to our blind taste test. Love that Joker. Where is it coming from? I don't know. Uh-oh. You don't look happy. He's been using Brand X. But with the new Joker brand, I get a gram, a gram, and a gram. That luscious tan, those ruby lips, and hair color so natural, only your undertaker knows for sure. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Where can I get these fine new items? Well, that's the gang. Chances are you bought them already. <laughs> Love that joke. So remember, put on a happy face. <laughs> died suddenly at the beginning of that clip The police have got it wrong. They're looking for one product. The Joker has tainted hundreds of chemicals at the source. Then all shipments of products would be poisoned. And we'd all be dead. No. The 
poison only works when the components are mixed. Hairspray won't do it alone, but hairspray mixed with lipstick and perfume will be toxic and untraceable. How did you figure this out? Chances are, you bought them already. Yeah, I hadn't noticed the the died suddenlies at the beginning of that clip. That's yeah, there's yeah three died suddenlies, and then that lady who breaks up breaks out laughing falls over and dies right there too. So, oh. so the died suddenly is interesting. <laughs> yeah, died suddenly is uh, there's um, a few substackers that have been searching the term on a regular basis and recording the results uh it was trending on at least some siloed parts of twitter the other day died suddenly um so i threw a couple of them in here i'll just read the oh the yeah headlines we got the we got the saudi ambassador giving a speech on video keelan over dead uh Mohammed al-katani fell and died during a speech at a conference in the egyptian capital of cairo all right, uh, 12-year-old Clayton Middle Schooler dies following youth football practice due to severe medical emergency. Uh, pro-vaccine doctor baffled after 26-year-old daughter dies suddenly without cause. Glendale, Arizona, where I used to live in that area, uh, Glendale family members family remembers football player who unexpectedly passed away in his sleep. Oh, you think it was unexpected at 17 to die in your sleep? Yeah. Um, U.S. life insurance companies see 40% death increase. We've talked about that several times. And Steve Kirsch put out the uh, some details on the 14 young Canadian doctors die after getting the shot. And he went through the uh, probability that that would happen, you know, just naturally uh and it would be for th- that age group um if you spread it out over 30 years would still be very improbable wow. close to zero wow. uh no 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 not not 30 years this happened from uh let's see let the last nine months Ugh. So, and then it's got the, uh, some details about him. Um, age 27, Hamilton, Ontario, pediatrics resident. Uh, she was a triathlete who died swimming. Hmm. Uh, family physician, 44, died while swimming. Um, age this guy was in his 40s he looks skinny um he died of cancer uh age 60 anyway you go through there so lots of uh you know quick acting cancers and lots of just drop dead while exercising or or uh this gal was in her 40s looks you know thin and healthy died in her sleep so, do you think that it's possible for everyone? To, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to ask this question. So the it, and it, just we, a go ahead. One, Sorry, one little go addition ahead. to that. Yeah, no worries, please. Seven of those 
happened between July 13th and July 28th, Goodness which gracious. just so happened to be right after booster time mm. for all these doctors. So, yeah. Mm. Sorry, go ahead. No, I... We're in a weird time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, like you could see it happening. Everybody can see it happening. Well, not everybody. Can no, they can't. But a, a lot of people can see it happening, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, once you see it, you can't unsee it. But there's a lot of people who still can't see it. Yeah. My wife turned to me this last week and said, are there people who still think like it was a good idea to get the COVID vaccine? And I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah unfortunately there is. And she's like, like, what are they looking at? What are they thinking? And I was like, yeah. well, they're just, they're just, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, man. It's just, yeah, we, we appear to be living in two alternate realities, two par- parallel realities, I guess would be the way to say it. Yeah. I mean, you would just have to, and that's what, that's what social media is doing more and more is trying to okay you've got wrong think so we're going to let you see other wrong things yeah, but see, we're going to keep yep. you away from yep. we're going to keep you away from the people that don't have wrong think and this is kind of a backstory as you and I and Will were chatting uh, via text and you hey look what's trending on YouTube and I was like no flat earth is not trending on or excuse me on Twitter I said, no, Flat Earth is not trending on Twitter, and here's why. And I snapshot, screenshot what I had. And because I figured this out a while back, because um, it's really weird, GameStop was always trending for me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, okay, this is, it's just one of those things. It was like too off. It's like, okay, come on. Nobody's really talking about GameStop. Like, it's cool. I clicked on it like two or three times, and then I could never really find what was everybody talking about. Like, oh, there's this like minor thing that happened. And then I started realizing, oh, I'm being gamed because this, I'm clicking this button. They want me to click this button because they're like, hey, GameStop is trending. So then I started to realize, I'm like, that's not trending for everybody else. And then it start, then the whole Twitter thing kind of, I really woke up. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is all just algorithm being fed in there and spitting out you know sticking me in my little pod of people who i agree with <laughs> and then you know i'm just like hey yeah, can you believe this is happening and you know unfortunately that's just where, where we are and i think i don't know i i would guess on your average normies twitter or instagram or youtube account it died suddenly isn't the topic of conversation you know well so something has shifted pretty recently <laughs> right now, the World Economic Forum is trending for me. <laughs> oh, okay, let's, let's play a game. What's what's what does your algorithm want you to be? Looking and Scotty Scheffler, I've got Scotty Scheffler. Is he a go- he's a golfer? World, yeah, World it. Economic Forum. I so, have um, uh, FBI sought classified documents related to nuclear weapons during Mar-a-Lago search, according too, to Washington yeah. Post. Then I got bodies, bodies, bodies. That's nothing. BLM that's an and, ad. Yeah, it's yeah. an ad. BLM and Antifa. You got that? No. Okay. AMC stock. No. Nope. Perfect example. There it is. Yeah. COVID live. Everybody has that because we all need to be scared. Live updates of the of the war in Ukraine. Uh, no. Okay. No. Chris Wallace. I don't know, I, uh, well, here, let me click the show more. Yeah, show more. Yeah, Chris Wallace. Twenty five hundred tweets. It's not that many. Nukes. Not that many. 
Oh, Nietzsche. Great. I'm not really liking my Twitter algorithm. <laughs> Presidential. So, oh, climate scam is trending on mine. I'm happy with that. Only 7,500 tweets, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Monica Perez, two days ago, tweeted, How the heck did the WEF show up in trending on my Twitter page? I definitely smell a rat since all the stories that came up are negative, including the top one. Oh, of course. And yeah. then she's links it uh not saying the tweets aren't legit just wondering why the algo is okay with this and so i I responded kind of you know what we had talked about with the the algo siloing Mm -hmm. and she responded to me and said she had gone in and tried to like neutralize Mm -hmm. her algo but she's like but apparently it got reset so yeah there is i've I've seen lots of of feature that you could turn it off but it keeps it resets back it has like a default that it goes back to yep so it's like no 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 we're gonna we're gonna show you what we think you will react to i have i have the most andrew hoffman uh title headline to an article on on my last (laughs) thing that's trending on twitter you ready Uh, they're trying to kill you no no the earth spun faster than usual on june 29th which triggered climate anxiety (laughs) here's how to cope yes yep yeah and you can you can spend a week on that story and and still not uh find any documentation for how they figured out that the earth spun faster on that day makes perfect sense well uh I mean, yeah. It's just the scientists say, so, you know. Scientists Dude, the say. science is in. And I don't it's know. Climate, climate change. I'm not going to be. Because you're at the spinning. I don't have time for the Flat Earth Society. <laughs> Isn't that what Obama said? I don't have yeah. time for the Flat Earth Society. It's the, it, I, anyway, I think we're living in two alternate realities, and they don't tend to, or parallel realities, they don't tend to touch each other. Yeah. And which it's is, weird because. When one of us tries to talk to the other one, they, we all just get deeper into our, our little trench. Right. You, you get reinforced in your little silo. So it's, it shows, you know, they don't have... It, it shows it's important to talk to people in real life. Absolutely. E- even though yes. it's, you know, Face those to of face. us that are introverts, it's not a comfortable thing to do, but it, there's no algo. You can have a real conversation with, with people and that... You know my distaste for Russell Brand, but that is what he was saying: is we could talk to each other because we're such amazing people, and you know, we'll, no, I, we'll, tr- I, we'll I, transcend. I'm the I'm the one. I know, I know. It's all some of that stuff is baloney. But no, I'm I'm the one who talked about him hugging, kissing Noel Ferrari or Ferrari Harari. Uh, you know, I know, I know. There's there's a lot of questionable things going on with him, and and usually I find his videos repulsive and can't get through them. But I found that one to be an actually decent summation of some really strange things going on. So, no, I know. I know. We, we talked about Under the Skin was the name of his blog a while back. And he has some questionable ties. And it just, I don't know, maybe he's disinfo. He definitely is anti-religion of any kind. So that might be his role to play. Uh, but, yeah, there was, it was good info in that video. I tried to watch it, stomach, stomach my way through it, and was rewarded with, I was like, yeah, this is... It's all pretty spot on. So, um, but yeah, I'm convinced. Seriously, this is going to sound really basic and really arrogant, but this is this is where I am. I am convinced that exercising daily, 
going outside daily, trying to meet and speak to people in person, uh, and getting sun daily, uh, and then doing your best to eat well and avoiding over-processed sugars is like the whole problem with people at this point in time. Other than sin. But yes. No, I don't. Sure. No, I agree. Yeah. Yes. I don't mean existential, existentially right. like what is humanity's depravity? No, sin is definitely humanity's depravity and we're headed in a... In a, in a but I'm talking about like um, all of America's problems with all their drugs, all the diet, all the, all the everything. Why are they so obese? Why is there sudden dying? Why is there this... Why are they on so many prescription drugs? Did we talk about the article that came out? The like the it was basically the conclusion of like a multi-year study of studies that basically came to the conclusion that the SSRI myth that there is a chemical imbalance that can be fixed by SSRI <laughs> serotonin reuptake inhibitors selective yeah, is serotonin re- is a myth. Yeah. It's not real. Depression is not you're missing a chemical. Depression is your life sucks. You need to get up and go outside and exercise and try to talk to somebody and try to do something with your life. There's no pill, man. There's no yeah. pill. There's no pill where you can keep eating Doritos and playing Xbox and be happy. There's just right. not. You can take. I mean, I'm sure you could take. You could take a take a pill for this and take a pill for this and take a pill for you know Viagra or whatever. But there's no cure. Cure is you got to do something you don't want to do. You got to stand up. You got to go outside. You got to get some sun. You got to exercise. I mean, I'm convinced this is this is the problem. This is the problem. Ninety percent of the problem with the United States it, it could be solved in those few things. I still believe it. I mean, I think it's all it's all comes down to exercise, getting outside, talking to people. We're not made to sit on screens. No, at all. Have you watched any of the Black Mirror episodes? I, I want to talk to you about this off air, so we'll have to. But I had, let me ask you this on air: Have you watched any of those? I've watched zero point zero seconds of Black Mirror, okay. but I'm like, we've talked about it and we've done stories about it. But okay, you have no interest in watching Black Mirror. Uh, what's it on? Uh, Netflix. I. I do not have Netflix. There you go. Well, if there was a way for you to have Netflix, would you have any interest in watching probably, Black Mirror? Probably not, because I don't think I don't think my wife would be into it, and it's not the sort of thing where I'd be like, it, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know." Yeah, it's like mildly disturbing, kind of like uh, almost like The Outer Limits or the old Twilight Zone shows. You know who would love this show is Doctor Future. Oh, he's probably already seen it. Yes, yeah. but there's like multiple seasons, and every every episode is completely different. So, anyway, but uh, yeah, I, but the future there's a specific Black Mirror episodes where everything is gamified. He wakes up, this guy wakes up, and he's like by himself in this little pod, and he like brushes his teeth, and he gets some points, and he does this, and he gets some points, and he logs in to go to work three feet away from where he just woke up. <laughs> Yeah. And it's all his whole life is electronic. Yeah. And I think the closer we get to that, the the worse off we are. <laughs> because it all comes down to getting out getting exercise, getting outside and talking to other human beings and having a relationship. And most importantly, I think, not just talking to other human beings, 
but listening to other human beings. <laughs> did did you see not just the, waiting for your chance to talk? You, you probably you might have seen the original Reddit post, but someone shared a Reddit post on No Agenda Social with the you know anonymous, but supposedly it was a someone who worked for Microsoft, mm-hmm. and they just like solved they just like solved problems all day logged into microsoft and only got food on delivery and <laughs> had been like were was making good money but you know like didn't have anything to spend it on and hadn't right. left their apartment in two years that post did you see that i didn't okay that was pretty sad i don't know if it was fake or real or whatever but very sad if real it's like well why do you can literally walk outside like you're not a prisoner you know the person was freaking out and like you know just wondering if it's if it was like a trick on him and just kind of having a breakdown that is an extreme version i think of what many people are going through i know you and i don't necessarily struggle with it uh but i think there's so much anxiety out there that's caused by the phone and interactions with other people there's so much anxiety and i just keep seeing you know not what not a, you know a kids trapped in adult bodies where they're just kind of just just and i just trying to feel good just chasing the the latest thing yeah porn is a huge part of that too i think pornography is one of the most under talked about things that's truly debilitating so much of the youth and just people in general there's just yeah, the, endless porn on demand at any moment just the, log in and go for it the sex drive was you know designed to get you out of the house yes absolutely <laughs> yes yes you have to like yep. go out there yep. and and find a mate yep yeah drag her back to the cave exactly no no yeah no girl is going to be interested in you if you're just sitting in the house getting food delivered while you uh solve microsoft problems or whatever but now it's like oh well i can i can do that and make money and then i can just you know turn on some pornography i I don't know i've heard people talk about i don't know somebody on joe rogan or something but they were just talking about like what masturbation to like pornography really means to your brain. Like your brain is actually telling your body, like it's okay. We have a harem of women, you know, (laughs) things are great. We don't need to work that hard. Like it's, you know, obviously things are going well because if you had seen the things you'd seen, you know, a thousand years ago, your ancestors would be like, man, this guy's made it or something like this. But, you know, seeing more pretty people in five minutes on, on screen naked than, you know, you know, his ancestors would in, you know, their entire lifetimes. It, it's just not good. I think it's, it's not good. Well, Corrupts yeah, the, uh, there's, you know, isn't it interesting with this whole monkeypox thing? It's almost like, promiscuity is bad for you yeah that's that's literally bad for your health that's one take on it the other take is you just put a band-aid over it and go out and have sex with as many men as you want so that's (laughs) that's, well i you know this is it's not just monkeypox no i know this is you know it's like oh it's almost like when god instructs that you're supposed to be married to 
one woman and be faithful to each other, that that's, that's what humans were supposed to be. You know, I think part of the reason this podcast actually works and continues to go on uh, and is compelling for people is because even though you and I agree on many things, we kind of came at it from opposite directions. And that one in particular, I came at from the opposite direction. And I can assure you, promiscuity leads to sadness, depression, and loneliness. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a, a big part. And it's, it's very Brave New World, that part of things. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nobody's body belongs to them. It's, right. just, it's the collective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just for young women, too, the Mm -hmm. mind damage done to them by to in order to convince them that this is a good idea to put naked pictures of yourself on the Internet. This is a a good life strategy. I mean, in these I don't know how up to date you are on the culture, but in these last few years, that's like a. They're trying to make a. I mean, it is a legitimate form of income in that you can make a bunch of money doing it. But this whole OnlyFans thing, where basically you just give women across the country, you know, the old girl next door fantasy. Well, now you can really actually see the girl next door, and she does whatever you want, or takes off her clothes. You can send her a tip or whatever it is. I'm not really sure how it all works, but it leads to darkness. Uh, I think just this morning I opened up a one of the i think on this surface i have i open stuff up and like sometimes what is this website oh bing pops up with stupid news stories that i don't want so (laughs) i changed i had to change that home screen but do you do you have the weather on the the bottom of course of course like send you threatening things about the weather yeah literally every time i turn it on there's excessive uv It's like, well, that's a funny way to say uh, excessive, nice sunny day. Excessive UV. I mean, am I taking my kids to the pool? How excessive is this UV? <laughs> oh, definitely taking my kids to the pool, but keeping my hat on. But my shirt off? I'm good with this. Thanks, crazy Bing. Yep. But anyway, uh, today somebody uh, somebody's charged with murder in Hawaii. OnlyFans goes to visit some guy, kills him or something. Just, it's just a perfect example of that that sort of lifestyle leads to death and destruction whether it's now or in the future and it's just uh sad they convinced a whole generation that god doesn't exist the world's going to heck in a handbasket global warming and you might as well just uh watch some pornography or pay this lady some money to take off her clothes yeah and order you know fast food on delivery 7-eleven delivers (laughs) I'm not joking. And for those of you who don't understand what that means, the the convenience store here. Everyone knows. Well, uh, mostly, I think. I've been around the world. There's no, a lot of 7 Elevens. 7 Elevens are international. No, they are. A lot of they them are. in Korea. Yeah. yeah. No, I've been around the world. There's a lot of 7 Elevens, but 7 Eleven delivers. So, well. you know, if you were tempted by the corn dog that was on one of those heated rolly <laughs> things for eight hours. What about a cold a corn dog delivered that was on a heated rolly thing for eight hours? Aye, aye, aye. And with that, I'd like to thank, <laughs> thank you for your courage and say uh, we're not sponsored by 7-Eleven. Matter of fact, we're not sponsored by anybody. We're sponsored by you, the listener. <laughs> <laughs>
whoever's listening to this episode right now, we're sponsored by you guys. You guys keep this uh, wheel going around and around, and we want to thank you for doing so. I have the spreadsheet open, but it says that someone else has it opened. Therefore, I can only be in read mode. So with that, I'll have you... I do not have it open, but... You don't? No. I have the clip list open. Oh, oh. When I it just changed, it just changed. Maybe you had it open earlier. All right, I think I'm in. I think I'm good. I can read it now. I am in there now. Oh, so. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this is Revelations Radio News, episode two eighty four. We take donations from you, kind people out there, who give us value for the value that uh, you think that this podcast has given you. Did you laugh at any point during this episode? Did you hear anything that you hadn't <laughs> that you hadn't heard before? Hopefully you laughed. I'm I'm about to change based on this this whole Alex Jones being sued thing. I'm about to change our category. We we got to get out of news and into comedy, just so we can always point to that. Like, no, this is comedy. You ever hear us? We're we're joking around about everything. We've never been. um, We we are not sue worthy. case we ever but this is going to be the thing moving forward and that's that's i do have a clip coming up after this this is like the the number one rule of suing people is you sue people that have money maybe someday i will have some money andrew and i don't want to be sued for saying that monkeypox monkeypox (laughs) i don't want to be sued for saying that monkeypox uh is okay as long as you put a band-aid on it (laughs) <laughs> did you hear that story no jimmy door was reading about this uh actually from the san francisco times or something if you really want to go out and party during the upcoming gay pride celebrations and you have monkey pox or some sort of a sore most of the time just putting a band-aid over it will allow you to to <laughs> I, I, well, I mean that's so there's just lie upon lie upon lie upon lie you know, with monkeypox and smallpox and all the rest of it. Depravity, man. It's depravity wins in the end. But it doesn't actually win in the end. But it does currently in the world. Uh, you know who isn't into depravity? <laughs> the people that listen to our podcast? Yes, <laughs> that's true. Because I don't know how you'd put up with us if you were into that sort of thing. But anyway, uh, why don't you go ahead and do some reading? So this first donor, William, from we'll say Parts Unknown, I know him as Bill. I feel like he was a donor from a long time ago. Yes. Like a consistent, yeah, he is. a consistent donor from many, many moons ago. Does yeah, he live I, uh, north? Like, I have a feeling. I don't remember the location, but I de- most definitely recognize the name. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's emailed us too. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, I feel like a jerk for not knowing exactly, but it was like one of those names that popped up. I'm like, oh yeah. So he he sent us fifty dollars. Thank you, Bill. And uh, Autumn sent us five dollars. Autumn from Snoqualmie, Washington. Nailed it. Good job. And well, I used to live in the Northwest. There, that's but, true. That's true. And. Uh, Someone call up today to say, do you have service in the Dallas? And I'm like, I believe you mean the Dallas. Unless you're talking about the big city in Texas. But 
Uh, all right. Some weird, you know, there's weird place names everywhere, but yeah, there's the Dells, there's the there's the Dells in Wisconsin as well. Because there is actually also a Dallas, Oregon, but the Dells is the one that was close, and mm. the is in the name. So, uh, so thank you, Autumn. That's a, a recurring. How much? How much do you miss Mount Hood? You know, I mean. Because this is the time of year, right? This is yeah, like the yeah, yeah. epic yeah. hiking time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, eh, not that much, to be honest. So. Somebody took a picture of Rainier, posted on Twitter or something. I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, there's no Mount Rainiers around here. There is no Mount Rainiers. <laughs> Speaking of mispronouncing things, the the French tourists that said they were going up to Mount Ranier. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Kyle from Newton, Massachusetts, sent us ten dollars, and Kyle has sent us contributions before. Thank you, Kyle. And Danny from Medford, Oregon, sent us $25. Thank you, Danny. But he is not at the top of the list. Well, so. I, this is, I, I probably should explain. I, maybe I should have put Danny up there anyway. But uh, I think on show day is when all those other donations came in, like the day we did the show. So they just missed the cutoff for being producers of the last show and became oh, producers okay. of this show. And then once the date was the the show was published, as you can see, which is the following day, the moment it goes out, boom, Danny's right there. Okay, so he was so, the first one. He was last episode release. Yes, right. exactly. All right, and uh, Penny from Mesa, Arizona, sent us twenty dollars. So, and then I have one here from the post office box, and I was going to log into the PayPal check one more time because I hadn't looked. I'm trying to remember if I looked today or not. My PayPal, come on. Oh, yeah, we do have one more. Uh, so, uh, Caroline, who has emailed, yeah, uh, both you and I pretty frequently. Does she live in Santa? It's probably on last week, last month's donation. Well, I think she's the Santa. No, it's uh, it's uh, San Jose. I'll bet you anything. Okay. See if I can find it though. Caroline, I don't know. I'm not seeing it, but I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's San Jose, California. She enjoys your bashing of her her <laughs> state. state over there. So and she sent in five dollars, which I think is a recurring donation. And then we have our biggest uh, PO box donor, which is Christine uh, from Manchester, New Hampshire, and she sends thirty bucks a month. So thank you very much, Christine. We hope that all of you guys got some value out of this episode. Hope everybody's enjoying their summer. I hope we have less listeners. I hope there's people just hanging out with their family and not, you know, just unplugging. Uh, we've got we've got few enough listeners. <laughs> we're, we're, we are not the reason that people are are on electronics too much. We, you can rest easy there, Tim. Okay, fair enough. So. Fair enough. All right. Well, either way, thank you for the donations. Thank you for keeping the show going, and 
Yeah, without you, we couldn't make it happen. We'll have another show for you out sometime in the next week. So, yeah, thanks thanks again. If you want to donate, go to revelationsradionews.com or you can just type into your uh, URL of choice, uh, eugenicswars.com. It'll and take uh, you to the right place. It'll take you right to the right place. Let's let's try it out. Let's try it out just for fun. Make sure it still works. <laughs> Eugenics Wars. Yeah, we I'm most of the way through the most recent episode, but MoFax with Adam Curry spent the last two episodes on eugenics, so it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh yeah. Oh, and we got a Bitcoin donation as well. I believe this is Chris from uh, just outside of Kansas City up there in Missouri um, because it's the same amount that he usually sends. But beauty of Bitcoin is I can't really tell. Yeah. Well, thank you. And also, it's the same amount of Bitcoin, not the same amount of money. It's different every time. Oh, yeah. And it's it's kind of creeping back up. Yeah. Showing some life. Yeah. So I... Well, man, I've got like three transitions, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Bitcoin. Okay, I'm going to warn you. I don't think we can get out of here without talking about Trump and uh, the Mar-a-Lago situation and then Alex Jones. We, we, have to, we definitely have to cover okay. those two things. So This one's, this one's short. Anyway, eugenicswars.com definitely brings up the right page. All, right. All donations over $25. Get a free copy of Andrew Hoffman's The Eugenics Wars and the New World Order. It's a URL and a spelling test. <laughs> That's not an easy website to find. Right, <laughs> you gotta so, go with something creative like dot .me. Yeah. PM.me. So, Coinbase. Coinbase. Oh, good. Which, oh no. Okay. So I, I admit I was a Coinbase user. Okay, me have, too. Yeah. There was like we, it, it's like the Coca Cola of uh, of places to buy. Yeah, and we, places so to buy we, stuff. And we knew we learned quite a while ago that it was bad news, and more or less, it's like a bank it has to follow bank like rules. Yeah, and they, they're starting with the, like, hey, we need to really be able to identify you because the government regulators want us to, so you need to, like, send us, us pictures and, yeah, just all the stuff. It's like, ah, oh, no. So, um, anyway, so a while ago, switched to Exodus. Great name. And that's been good. I mean, they they don't ask for anything. It's like, you lose your password, you're really out of luck, but at the same time, they don't know anything about you. So that's been good, but well, the, I still had the, the I still had the, um, the difference is that's an offline wallet though, not an exchange. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a but you can also No, it's also an exchange. Is it? Yeah. Right. You can you can it's the fees are higher. Ah. But you can purchase or or sell on there. So uh, Coinbase kind of going downhill, and there's some interesting news here. So this is from Axios, Coinbase Global, Global second quarter, right, which they're called Coinbase Global now. Oh, I don't like that either. 
Stepped into the spotlight for earning show and tell and delivered the stinker of a performance everyone expected. Why it matters. Coinbase is the crypto industry's main character at the moment. As the highest profile publicly traded crypto company in the US, its results are watched by many as a proxy for the health of an entire industry. And lately it has become the venue for a public battle between it and securities regulators over what is not allowed. The crypto exchange reported a $1.1 billion net loss for the second quarter, roughly half of which was due to um, crypto price drag and a revenue of $803 million, down 31% compared to its previous quarter. Stock fell 11% and extended losses in post-market trading Tuesday. Of note, if anyone was hoping for something illuminated on the great securities debate, the company's earnings call was a big disappointment. Um... But what I wanted to mention, their their volume is going way down. It's because everyone is pulling their money off of Coinbase because they don't want to deal with the stuff that Coinbase is asking you to do. And uh, they've got a big new investor, Tim. Did you hear about this? I did not. BlackRock took a big position in Coinbase. Really? Yeah. So... Not only are you having to provide your information to Coinbase and to government regulators, but now it's going to BlackRock too. So, is this a bad time to mention? I think all of our addresses on the support page are going to a Coinbase account. Yeah, we should probably change that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. So, uh, the six RP might well, be somewhere any, else. Anyway, so uh, I will say this. I thought it was going to be a big hassle because it wouldn't let me close my Coinbase account because there was a balance in there. Of, But there was a balance in there I couldn't get rid of because it was a very small amount of cryptocurrencies that are no longer accepted on the Coinbase exchange. <laughs> of like XRP? Rip, yes. Yeah. That was the main one. And there are a couple other ones that I, I got through like doing activities on Coinbase, you know, like a dollar of something and whatever. So... It, it was too small of an amount to donate or to move and but they wouldn't let you close it if you didn't have a zero balance but I emailed them and said look I just want to close the account just zero out the the balance and they emailed back in like half an hour done your account's closed so hmm. well, that's cool so that was quick and easy but uh, yeah it was so, yes, we should change those addresses when yeah, you can. Absolutely. Not that uh, we're really going to get BlackRock's attention, like, oh, man, that podcast. Look at those crypto donations. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, sure, we do billions of dollars of houses, but look at, look at this podcast donation to Revelations Radio News. But Holy smokes. <laughs> I think that guy was getting a tax return. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, that was good. Any other kind of random, random ones for us? There was a a good article which I guess we don't have time for, but it's we could do it a different time. Uh, bringing up the kind of forgotten futurist book. Um, C.S. Lewis's That Hideous Strength. Hmm. So that was a good 
article, which I which, finally read right before I was right before I was leaving Seattle. Yeah, we've we've talked about it. Yep. Before, so there there's some things in there that you know he he made some good points there, um, along with 1984 and Brave New World, which people are much more familiar with. Um. Yeah, well, let's talk about your stuff. If we have time, we can talk about the <laughs> Baal worship over oh, in England. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. A little bit out in the open, huh? Yeah. All right, well, I got a Reese report. Oh, nice. Yeah. So everybody sit back, listen to the uh, awesome production of uh, the Reese Report from Bandot Video, also known as InfoWars. After being deleted by YouTube and social media in 2018, most people did nothing to defend Alex Jones or InfoWars. Instead, they obediently learned the new rules and rationalized their submission as a necessary evil. As a result, things have only gotten worse for everyone, and without any recourse, they are about to get much worse. Alex Jones is now patient zero for America's new de facto justice system, brought to you by the fear, complacency, and inaction of the people. Because we take it, here's how we can all expect to now be treated. Even though Jones never mentioned their name and the parents never sought a retraction, Alex Jones is being sued for defamation and intentional infliction of emotional distress by parents of children who were murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary School. The rest of the plaintiffs are federal agents, and the legal team is comprised of highly politicized members of the anti-gun lobby who have admitted their intention is to silence Alex Jones. So with this new precedent, if you dare question the official narrative, say, for example, the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, then someone can sue you into oblivion for emotional distress. But it only gets worse. The plaintiffs claim that Alex Jones was the perpetrator of the Sandy Hook crisis actor conspiracy theory, which is demonstrably false. After all the censorship and deleted videos, one can still find hours and hours of video content compiled from hundreds of sources all questioning the official narrative of Sandy Hook. It was arguably the most discussed conspiracy theory since 9-11. And over the course of seven years, Alex Jones spent less than 30 minutes discussing it. We know this because it's all part of the public record, but these radical judges do not care about evidence. I am not currently representing Alex Jones, so I am free to speak my mind. Um, there already apparently I've heard that the plaintiff's lawyers are complaining uh, about me speaking out about the case. That's how corrupt these plaintiff's lawyers are. They're political hacks standing on the bodies of dead kids to line their pockets and take away other people's political rights. And I find it disgusting what they've done. And so, but in this particular context, uh, Jones has produced more discovery than anybody. I can't find anyone that's produced more discovery than he is, and yet they pretended that he didn't. Why? because they built their whole case on a big lie. Both Judge Gamble in Texas and Judge Bellis in Connecticut have found Alex Jones guilty without ever holding a trial or hearing any evidence. 
which is worse treatment than anyone has ever gotten in America, including Charles Manson and Al Capone. And their excuse for this abomination of justice is they claim that Jones failed to provide them with the incriminating evidence that they imagine must exist. Whatever that mysterious, unspecified evidence is, both judges have stripped Jones of his First Amendment right, but Judge Gamble has gone much further. Judge Maya Gamble comes from CPS, who has been exposed for human trafficking and working with pedophiles. Gamble helped publish CPS propaganda, praising the state's authority and advising parents that it's normal for their children to lie about being abused in foster care. In the Alex Jones case, Judge Gamble has ordered that the words First Amendment and free speech cannot be used by Alex Jones, his witnesses, or even his lawyers. He is not allowed to defend himself. Judge Gamble has instructed that the jury is not allowed to hear about the emotional trauma caused by the mass murderer who killed the children. They are only allowed to hear how their trauma was caused by the words of Alex Jones. And during jury selection, not a single juror thought the media has ever treated Alex Jones or Infowars unfairly. And any juror who questioned the $100 million amount casually discussed by the plaintiff's lawyers were kicked off the jury. Alex Jones was canceled from social media in 2018 and is now being canceled from the U.S. Bill of Rights and Constitution. And because of our complacency, everyone else is next. And in case you were wondering, the way we used to do justice was a thing called innocent until proven guilty. It relied upon the burden of proof, and it was pretty good. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. That seemed like it was pretty good. The innocent until proven guilty type of deal. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, <laughs> this is. You don't have to, to convince me that that uh, they're screwing them over. I mean, that basically they said, um, "Okay, you have to give us X, Y, and Z," and he gave it to them, and they said, "No, that's that's not enough because it doesn't say that you, um, you know, are." purposefully lying about Sandy Hook and torturing the parents. So therefore, you didn't produce all there was to produce. Uh, therefore, default judgment. That's how it was done. Which is just crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> so th there has been no trial uh, to convince a jury that he... Uh, is guilty of defamation that never happened yep so it, it, there was gosh I, I really wish I've, I've actually wanted to talk about this several times and i've even made personal decisions in my life based on the uh this but there was a show gosh i can't remember what the name of it was but in this show from like 2016 there was like this massive tyranny that came down in the united states of america and the dissenters all were caught with child pornography on their cell phones. And they didn't have, like, it was planted there. Mm -hmm. 
So people who went against the narrative had child pornography. And it really freaked me out when there was like a hint of like, oh, there was child porn. Like, cause that, that is all over liberal Twitter, by the way, that Alex Jones, there was child porn found in the treasure trove of documents that he gave them. But, uh, I think that's, they're setting this up so that they can have a precedent to, 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 to go after anybody they want in the same way. They're going to yep. say that you and I caused uh, emotional distress to the vaccine injured. <laughs> Actually, they'd, they'd have to admit that the vaccine injured existed. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that. In order to get it, this emotional distress to the pe- suddenly dead people, the suddenly dead family members. We caused Tim, them. I, I would not worry about it. We are not... Uh, so I, We're I know not you, I know you, presidential I know you, elections here. I know you keep joking that the podcast is small and that we don't have any money, but I think it's important to to talk about this stuff because in ten years this is what they're going to be like. This is going to set a precedent for them to move forward. I don't think they're going to yeah. come knock on my door now. No, but like, is my kid going to be able to do a podcast? Is he going to be able to get on the air and say, "All right, this you know this is what's going on in the world. I don't like this and that." Or are they just going to turn off his his? Uh, his what is it? His crypto, <laughs> you know, his Federal Reserve crypto note yeah, or something. You know what I mean? This is setting the precedent. This is the slippery central bank s- digital currency. Yeah, you know, this, this is this this is setting the precedent, and that's what worries me. And it's kind of what Greg Reese was going on about in the beginning of that yep. video. This is where we are all headed, and how we can all expect to be treated if this all goes down. And and it and he is the prototype for it. Yeah, and no, I'm not sitting back biting my nails, wondering where. You, oh gosh, hopefully Andrew and I make it to the air next week. No, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Where, this is America, but this is feeling less and less like it. And right. down the road, ten years, you know, by 2030, we still make it, Lord willing. We're not. Well, you know, <laughs> eliminated and eating locusts or something. What about my son? Is he gonna be able to make a podcast and say he doesn't agree with the government or or no? Yeah. Well, and. I mean, look yeah, at your I, look at your I daughter. Eight, Eighteen hundred miles away to be able to say it to to be able to get away from the state where the governor yeah. uh, sent CPS yeah. to the home of That's the true. the gal who had the gall to open her hair salon. Yep, yep. You know, this is and she she went after churches and everything else too. So it's I'm I'm not at all saying this is not an important case. I'm just saying, um, you know, it's a a totally different scale. Oh, 100% but, is a different scale. Yeah. But, you know, I think it sets the precedent. But, they, but they, you know, I mean, they've been kicking all sorts of YouTube people off, and Alex Jones was kind of the canary in the coal mine, and, and they didn't really fight back that hard when he got kicked off of social media. And then that's that did set the precedent, and more and more people, you know, even smaller channels and what have you, if you you're just not allowed to talk about vaccines, period, on YouTube. So it's <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it, it's not an issue. I'm it is just kind of it's also a misrepresented situation too. How so? With how they they're using it as a way to to try and get people afraid to talk about Sandy Hook or or events like that. 
Yeah, I'm, you know glad, I mean? I'm glad you brought that up. I heard uh, Jason Burmis on Grand Theft World this week. Really awesome interview. But on that on Grand Theft World, uh, Richard Grove played a clip that Jason Burmis put out in like 2019, 2017. <clears throat> and he talks about how kind of off-base Jones was. He says, look, I like Alex Jones. I'm not trying to bash him here. But here's some things that kind of went down with the Sandy Hook stuff. And shows some examples of how Alex was a little bit off base, but then goes into, and you and I talked about this stuff, the strange police scanner at Sandy Hook at the time, where they were like chasing a suspect through the woods, and they were chasing a purple van that had two nuns and a priest supposedly in it. And then the car, you know, then they suddenly they have somebody in. And I was going to clip this. I totally well, should have. And they were going after the the shooter's brother. Yep. Because he had his ID, you know. It's like. Yeah, it was. Especially right afterwards. There was a lot of questions. There was a lot of questions. Yeah. And that was, I think, you know, arguably the most eventful conspiracy since 9-11. I mean, that's the most eventful conspiracy. One of the. Most but, uh, questioned things that's happened since 9-11. But I think, yeah, but it, it's very important to understand that none of that questioning what happened, what was going on, is what he's being sued over. None of that is. Okay. It was a, the default judgment um, is the only way they got this thing through. Because they don't have him saying like, Go harass the these people. Right, They're liars. Right, right. You know there were people doing that. Right. And it, it's very interesting that you know Alex Jones is. They go after him, and they they don't go after the people. You know, kind of the everybody's a crisis actor people. And but there was was it Sandy Hook where with the guy coming out smiling and yes, yeah, so like supposedly and, his and Burmis, nephew or whatever. Burmis you know? goes over that too. But yeah, that and that that one clip. Made me think the whole thing was fake. Yeah, um, and then it was the it was the original crisis. Actually, yeah, the original crisis actors, and then a couple months later, it's actually how I started listening to No Agenda. Was a couple months later after the Boston bombing happened, right. I came across No Agenda. But Boston bombing, same thing. Uh, crisis actors supposedly there, but I mean Boston bombing stinks to high heaven because isn't there a Man on the street just happened to be right place, right time. You got Leanna Wynn getting interviewed. She's one yeah. of the first doctors on the scene. What are the odds? Yeah. So, I don't know what the whole crisis actor thing is. Is it to push push us further? Is it to cast Sunstein's, you know, little, you know, pet project to get us yeah, all I mean, to start questioning each other? And- I think in some cases there are crisis actors. There's the guy on 9-11 giving the whole... Official story. It's funny that you said that. That's that's funny you, you said know, that because that's James that's the other thing. That clip, but, that's yeah. the other thing James uh, Jason Burmis said. He's like, he's like, you want to talk about crisis actors? What about Harley guy on nine eleven? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, was weird. and the two buildings came down not because of the you clearly know, the just, clearly the beams were melted by by gasoline. <laughs> yeah. it's clearly the beams were melted the by Jeff, fuel. Jeff fuel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like. Uh, so what do you think would happen if I go to YouTube and type Harley Man 9-11 in? Anything? I think it's scrubbed. That's the other thing, too. What a, I should have clipped some more of that Jason Burmis interview, but he just talked about how evil Google was. 
Hmm. At this point. Well, so 2001, it was still... When did Google buy YouTube? Oh, gosh. It was... uh, more towards 2010 right oh yeah yeah for sure it's closer to 2010 than it is 2001 i think yeah. i'm gonna say like 2000 yeah 9 10 yeah because youtube and google video were both very widespread um and i think they bought them to be able to censor without damaging themselves you know, I think that was more of a long-term... I mean, 2006? Business, you got to be kidding me. 2006 was when they bought them? Yeah. There wasn't huge changes right away. No, not at all. Remember there was stars? Five stars, three stars, two... You, you <laughs> could put five stars rating. And then the changes started to happen. Yep. Monthly so. visitors skyrocketed from April 2005 to April of 2006... It went from almost no viewers April 2005 to 19.1 million monthly visitors to YouTube. That is some big numbers. Holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Chris White used to get millions of views. James Corbett stuff used to get millions of views. I, I wasn't watching it then, but. Uh, Will's Truth is Stranger Than Fiction got millions of views. It's, it was crazy, you know, when you just, when it's pure, like, okay, what do people like to watch? Let's get them watching it. Like, the, there's a lot of good stuff that's that gets popular in a hurry, but um, not that way anymore. I mean, you you really have to know exactly what you're looking for to find it. I mean, yeah, I constantly hear about people who can't even find their own videos. Yeah. Can't even find their own content. Yeah. All right. I got, uh, well, you were trend. you were going from there somewhere else or. No, 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 go ahead. I got, hold on a second. Though. No, I do have something else. Hold on. Let me see. Player. So I've got some clips that you're going to like. I'm um, sure. Hold on a second. This is. Just a just a regular dude. Just just watch the twin towers blow up in New York. <laughs> totally normal. Tumbling down. Uh, we want to bring in Mark Walsh, who's a, a a freelancer for Fox. You live just a few blocks away and witness a freelancer for Fox. What does that mean? This dude, I was, I, was I live on the forty third floor of a building. Uh, we want to bring in Mark Walsh, who's a a, a freelancer dude. for Fox. Dude, just a few blocks away and witnessed. Dude, I was, I was, I live on the 43rd floor of a building, which is five blocks from the World Trade Center itself. I witnessed the entire thing from beginning to end. People talk about how it looked like a movie. I know when I came walking down here early this morning and saw both towers on fire and people on every street corner, it was, it was, it was like a movie. But you watched the planes hit the towers. I was watching with my roommate. It was approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just right into the side of the twin tower exploding through the other side and then I witnessed both towers collapse one first and then the second mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense uh, obviously there were there... <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
There's still another two minutes of this video. What could possibly be after that punchline? A lot of people inside the buildings at the time. Two guys uh, from the 7th Precinct, uh, the 1st Precinct, the fire department right here, the 7th truck. They, those guys are all right there at, at ground zero when those things went down. And God bless. I know there's a lot of guys there that were around there, and hopefully they made it out. What was happening around you and the streets around you as this was all going down? Absolute pandemonium. From my viewpoint, up 43 floors, I can... All right, we already got the, we already got the yeah. relevant part. Yeah. It, but mostly the building's just collapsing, clearly due to structural failure. Yeah, because the fires were just too intense. Yeah. That's yeah, the way it works. Uh, the Donald Trump quotes from 9-11 a little bit different talking about the bombs yeah and, you know how stuff like that just doesn't collapse it, you know made a few large buildings in his day but did you hear the recent uh, trump 9-11 quote Mm-mm. that we still haven't gotten to the bottom of 9-11 Oh, he said something weird a couple of years ago it about was, Saudi Arabia or whatever. Well, this was the during the Live Golf deal. They were oh. giving him a hard time about that. And he's saying, oh, we haven't really gotten to the bottom of 9-11. There's a lot of bad people, you know. So, which I took to, to be kind of a... A threat, like, oh, you guys really want to go down the nine eleven <laughs> road and talk about what actually happened? You guys want to want to do this? But uh, anyway, uh, not that he would like declassify a bunch of stuff that'd be useful to independent researchers. No, just said he would do it and then didn't do it. No, no. As far as taking action against draining the swamp or against the powers yeah. that be that are fighting against us, the so-called deep state. No, not not <laughs> no, super interested in that. No, that's right. But does he know what's going on better than most people? I I, I believe he does. Yeah. He's, he called he called uh, Pizzagate like a full twelve months before the name Pizzagate really ever hit the internet, which was bizarre. He uh, uh yeah talks about on nine eleven. What did he say? Well, what does he said when he's well, interviewed? He talked it about, seemed like there was bombs in the building. What did he like say? Like there was bombs in the yeah. building because yeah. he's he knows how those buildings were made, and they, you know, it's like. It, I mean, he had mob ties, right? He was a construction guy in New York with well, weird yeah. mob ties. I'm sure he knew exactly how they were well, made. By def, if you're a construction guy in New York, you have mob ties. That's just, you know. sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> So and well in the casino world too. Uh, yeah, so he's in construction and casinos. I mean both yeah, both stellar organizations for, <laughs> for corruption. Excellent. Your your reputation is amazing, as he said to Alex <laughs> Jones. All right. Um, so these clips are from Royce White, who you may have played clips from okay. on the show. All right. So this guy is a he's a basketball player and he had like United States of the Federal Reserve on his shoes and stuff like that. So he's you know, a bit of a a free thinker, shall we say, a, a truth teller and has been for a long time. And he is running for Congress against Ilian Omar. And he's running as a Republican. Nice. Um so yeah, uh, let's see what do I got here. 
sorry, I got to get back into the right, right part. Um, part yeah, let's one. Just do part. Let's just do part one. There's a separate clip uh, we may or may not get to, but yeah, part one. Now I'm not telling anybody who's watching this that they should vote Republican because I'm running as a Republican. I'm not telling you that you should vote Republican for any reason in blind faith. But what I'm telling people is, and especially black people, is we have to take a serious, serious look at over the last 60 years what voting Democrat religiously has gotten us, where it has gotten us. Now, the Democrats will try and tell you that it's the Republicans that have stifled all of black people's progress. But I'm trying to I'm here to tell people that from behind the scenes, it is very clear that Democrat political elites have an agenda that has nothing to do with the, the prosperity of black people. Absolutely. The reason I ran Republican is for one reason and one reason alone. I believe in God. And beside, but behind the scenes, away from the Black Lives Matter protests, away from CNN and, and the little things you read down on the, the little ticker. Yeah the headlines on New York Times, the Democrat Party and their platform have become explicitly anti-God. They claim that Christianity is a product of white supremacy because of this country's history. Mm. Jesus Christ wasn't white. Nope. The people who switched his image to a white man is an example of whitewashing. It's not an indictment of Jesus Christ. It's not an indictment of Christianity, and it's certainly not an indictment of God. But they portray it that way. And you may not understand this now, but I guarantee you after you leave here and you go back and you listen closely to the black folks who stand up at the mic and talk about these Black Lives Matters issues, all of them come with a very common theme. Trade away your American citizenship because America as a nation is dead and they hate black people. And that's something you can sell to black people who are afraid. Black people who are afraid to secure their own freedom it was never for the government to, to secure our freedom. It's for us to secure our freedom through two things. A nation of shopkeepers. This is a shop right here. Mm -hmm. An independent business owner. And the Second Amendment. I do like this, man. I do <laughs> like these clips. So the, uh, let's go ahead and play part two. Now, I'm not telling anybody who's watching this that they should vote Republican because I'm running as a Republican. Uh-oh. I'm not telling you that you should vote Republican for any uh -oh. reason. All right. Okay. Yikes. Misclipped, I think. That was labeled too. I'll, I'll, I'll try it again, just in case. Now, I'm not telling... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the same size. Uh, play the separate clip, and let me see if I can figure out what happened it says royce white separate clips so this is a different interview there was a centrist movement we call it the uniparty of republicans and democrats that reach across the aisle and create the illusion of opposition when really there's a consensus amongst them to continue to scam the american people and that's what george floyd became the symbol of but like i'm saying what is some solutions because it seems like we keep running into so the, the first thing is we you have know? to understand what, what, what we're dealing with. Right. I'm, the first educate thing. Educate yourself. Educate, educate yourself, yourself on who first. the people are. Before you even move, Before you move, yourself. be still, listen, understand. 
then you can have the proper path to action and, and application of, of your newfound knowledge. And so what I'm trying to show people is there is a uniparty, the Republicans and the Democrats that are the establishment that work together, try and make it seem like when they come together in agreement, that it's a, it's, it's, it's a positive for the American people. But most often, when Republicans and, and Democrats have come together on something, it's been to scam the American people. Preach. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, yeah, I did just misclip it there. Or no I worries. the same part twice. Go on to Let's number play, three. Yeah, go on to number three. And it's funny in a sense, but the reality is we've allowed these people to represent us politically. Mm. And now I come to you as a black man from the mud, from the city, from the roots, from an honorable cloth. And they'll try and tell you that I'm working for the white folks. <laughs> the Washington Post said that I'm a far, far right sympathizer with white supremacy. The Washington Post equated me with white supremacy. Now, if I'm a white supremacist, black folks are doomed. My last name is white, but I can assure you, <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that I am not a white supremacist and I am here to bring a message to our people in Minneapolis because it's the epicenter of political culture now in America given what happened with George Floyd and many other police situations. And going forward, what Minneapolis does and says and becomes can be, a, can be an example to the rest of black communities around the world. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. So, sorry about my poor production, but... Uh, no worries, man. I thought those were, were good. But the, the standalone clip I thought was funny because it sounded kind of like Mo Fax's tagline or whatever pay attention to everything and the truth will re reveal itself and seek first to understand and then to be understood right he said something kind of similar there but anyway um so yeah i thought that was good so vote for him and not Ilian omar yes yeah. no kidding <laughs> no kidding but yeah. they he, he has to beat Omar, but he also has to beat a kind of establishment Republican kind of phony uh -oh. candidate. So, yeah, we'll see. Not looking good there. Hopefully, it? it goes better than it goes in Oklahoma, where all the all the bad Republicans win and all the good Republicans lose. But all the baddies. <laughs> so. All right. I don't know. I'm just let me check here. Oh, I got. Uh, what do I have? I have... Uh, goodness. Let's see. All files. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll, I'll let you pick. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson, Megan Kelly, random TikToker. Oh, you know what I'm going to pick. Paul Joseph Watson. Uh, of course. Unlike the French, British people aren't very partial to rioting. But when they do, 
It can get pretty tasty. On this day in 1990, serious violence broke out in London during a protest against a new council tax called the poll tax. Such scenes could unfold once again as we approach autumn and winter, with the fallout from the cost of living crisis threatening to boil over into the streets. A shocking new poll commissioned by the Moore in Common group is ringing the alarm bell. A majority of Brits think soaring energy bills, petrol and diesel hikes and runaway inflation will lead to actual riots in major cities. 80% think people will have to resort to shoplifting to keep their heads above water, and 70% believe people will simply start refusing to pay their bills. Three quarters believe that people being unable to afford to heat their homes will lead to deaths. Well, I hope waving your Ukraine flag was worth it. Exactly as predicted, while the media has all but abandoned its interest in the current thing, the actual impact of Western countries throwing their weight behind prolonging that war will lead to financial bedlam and poverty for many for years to come. We all warned this would happen, and we were all told to shut up and support Ukraine. Well, now it's happening. MP Alex Shelbrook described what he was seeing on the ground in his West Yorkshire constituency. Quote, What I've been seeing on the doorstep for the last six months is absolute fear in people's eyes. They are terrified as to what is coming down the line. They don't know how they're going to pay it. The tax burden on the average Brit now stands at a 70-year high. The Resolution Foundation says inflation in the UK will hit 15% next year. Massive increases in fuel and energy bills are set to soar well into 2023. Oh, BP's doing just fine though. They just reported their biggest quarterly profit for 14 years. Nearly £7 billion between April and June, more than triple the amount it made in the same period last year. People are becoming increasingly destitute, increasingly desperate as what little income they have continues to evaporate. Families are being forced to choose between paying the electricity bill or putting food on the table. Oh, but at least pretentious upper-middle-class virtue signalers got to feel good about themselves by hoisting Ukraine flags in their back gardens. At least we all supported the current thing. And at what cost? Well, we're about to find out, aren't we? How are you coping with runaway inflation and the cost of living crisis? How are you planning to save money by just turning the heating off? Are you on the edge of poverty? I'll be reading your responses in the comments below. The current thing. Did you support the current thing, Andrew? I don't believe I did. Yeah. That was a good choice on your part. But I am... I'm very much living with the consequences of the inflation of the current thing, though. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's, we did a little, little budgeting <laughs> the other day. It's like, uh, yeah, we we spend a lot of money on food, a lot of money on gas, a lot of money on, you know, just stuff that you kind of need. So, it's, you know. That's yeah. weird, man. I had a budgeting conversation yesterday. We had a budget yeah. conversation. It's uh, got... I think that's the whole idea is everybody's having a budget conversation right now. Everybody's dipping yeah. dipping into their savings right now. Oh, it's it's been dipped into. Yeah, but uh, yeah, my wife's gonna try to find a job that she can do hopefully while the kids are in school since they are both going to be in school instead of homeschooled so that was part of the the point of doing that so yeah it's it's tough out there man everybody's got to yeah. make make some decisions it's a it's a weird 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 time 
I don't know uh, I don't know what the Lord has in store for us here either. It's just bizarre. Just bizarre. This is, uh, I never thought, I mean, the amount of money we spent on gas the first part of this year is kind of, it's kind of bananas. I mean, yeah. for a while there we were driving long, like not even that long. I mean, we only drove back and forth to Newcastle 40, 50 miles. I don't know. A couple times. It was only did that for like two, three weeks. So it wasn't that long. <laughs> but it was pretty still. much the worst time. <laughs> price wise yeah it was that's yeah. true yeah that's true i think i filled up my tank one time it was 120 dollars. i was like well, that's yep. good that's good <laughs> that's what i wanted yeah i mean uh it's it's the worst to spend money on stuff that's just like air just to get back to the status quo there <laughs> like, yeah no no just to have a vehicle that, that runs or like auto <laughs> repairs it's like ah. No, that's a hundred percent it, and you're you're exactly right. That's it's been a huge meme. It's like, why am I broke? Oh, that's right, because I have to pay for gas to get back to the job that I work, so that I can continue to be broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like coming full circle. Started with uh, taxation is theft, end it with taxation is theft, and so is inflation. Yeah. Oh, inflation, as as Ron Paul has said for I don't know thirty years, inflation is a tax. It's the invisible tax. Yeah. Not so invisible today, though. No. Very, very much but to, visible. But you know, you we mentioned BlackRock and uh, you know they're getting into the Coinbase thing. I wonder if they're going to try and exit the buying every single house that goes on the market in California thing. But uh, there's there are signs that the housing market is starting to turn the other way. And there's, oh, there's 100% signs, but it, it's such a tough thing. Is there a collapse? I don't think real estate prices actually ever really collapse. They just get lower and usually not more, much more than 10% at a time, even in the worst times. But, yeah. Well, because it's... No, it, kind of tough because you can't sell a house you know i mean people don't have like a bunch of cash on hand to be able to oh yeah i'll just sell it at a loss and pay off the difference you know it's not really an option so right no you you end up with a bunch of foreclosures like 2008 but yep no it's it's wild i mean yeah you're starting to see prices roll back i mean the seattle market is almost at a complete standstill I mean, it's, that's not true. That's not true. I don't want to exaggerate. Houses that used to sell within hours are now sitting for a month. <laughs> so my, um, my aunt in the Portland area, because they had a, they'd mostly moved to uh, the, the Phoenix area, and they... Um, they were kind of going back and back and forth a little bit. And uh, then they put their house up for sale, you know, thinking it would just go like immediately. And they accepted an, an offer, but the people that put the offer in then had their financing fall through because of the interest rate increases. And then they accepted, they, I think they've had, I don't know how many offers altogether, but. Uh, they accepted another offer, and then 
it was going through fine, and then the guy lost his job in the middle of, you know, before it closed. So, uh, lost the financing that way. So, they've accepted a third offer, and they have a backup offer, so hopefully it will go through this time. Because the plan is uh, for my my aunt, who's my, my mom's sister, to bring my mom out to visit this fall. So, it's hopefully... All goes through there. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, it's slowed down big time. My house is supposed. My old house is supposedly worth a hundred thousand dollars more than when I sold it. What a year ago, <laughs> little yeah. little under a year ago. And uh, yeah, at the, with the interest rates the way they are, and then buying that house at the current price, we're talking about a twelve hundred square foot house that you could pay four thousand dollars a month for. <laughs> I, I, I. Yeah, but it seems good, good times. Yeah, you know that's they're just they're bleeding everyone one way or the other. Yeah, Whether it's through your house or through you know they they don't want uh, independence. So and if you you know if you go the Dave Ramsey route and you actually have your house paid off, so you don't have to worry about this stuff, then be a pretty nice place to be yeah absolutely debt free that's the plan free we're all gonna go debt free and i'd like to everybody to know that uh debt free with no bankruptcy first debt free with no bankruptcy (laughs) first and if you want to be part of our plan you can go to financial peace university (laughs) wait wait what oh no that's right right. we're not sponsored by anything i don't know let me let me let everybody on a little secret here you can pay off your debt Without paying Dave Ramsey any money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. He is on the radio down here, and, and most places. But yeah, no, for sure. No, he's got good stuff to say, and he's he's a good guy. I think he's a yeah. Christian guy. So he, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, but you know, life coaches and talk show hosts and you know the dave ramsey's of the world and dr phil's they're, they're just saying stuff that people already know but just saying it in a different way right <laughs> everybody knows you're not supposed to go into debt and that you need to pay it off but nobody puts it in a perspective like look just get all your debt in order from greatest to least and pay off the least first and then work your way up Get the debt snowball going and get yourself all the way out. So, yep. well, that was unfortunately, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you right now, that was one of the appeals of moving down here was selling yeah, it's that supposed house. Supposed to be cheap. Well, selling that it is. <laughs> it's cheaper than it is up there. I'm telling you. Yeah. But uh, selling the house, we we were able to pay off some of the debt that we did have with the house mm-hmm. that we sold up there. So that was nice. But then we came down here and, you know. I got a job in, in selling mortgages right around the time mortgages got to about five percent. So <laughs> my uh, our income hasn't quite been there. So that's been a struggle. And it's like, well, do we want to be you know right back in the same place again? What are we going to do? So anyway, it's just uh, it's a weird time, and I know it's everybody. It, you know, my my story is my story, but it I know everybody out there is struggling. It's yeah. a it's a crazy time. <laughs> it's so. like yeah, I mean, I can. Because I, I have the same job, even though I'm working remotely. 
And it's tough to say, like, hey, you know, do you guys want to pay me about 30% more for doing the same job in an environment where we're making less money as a company? Is that is yeah. that something you'd like to do? Because that's what the expenses have done, you know. Yeah. It's, and that's the crazy part, too, about your situation is, like, you're, it, you would be in worse situation if you were still in Hood River. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah. The, everything else is more expensive. Yep. Yeah, housing and... Cost of living and... Gasoline and groceries and, yeah, everything is more expensive. Although there's, you know... Sales tax on groceries. Come on, Oklahoma. It's like the What's whole country. It's the whole country, bro. The whole country. No, most places don't have sales tax on groceries. They usually exempt groceries. Hmm. So... At least, yeah, Arizona had sales tax, but not on groceries. And mm. Washington sales tax on groceries? No, I think it's exempt, too. It's hard to tell, but I think it is exempt. It was it was weird. It was like if it was warm, it wasn't considered groceries. Right. So if you buy something from the... I don't know, some weird rules. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say other than let's get out of here. Do you have any words of wisdom for us? <laughs> um. I don't know. Better to be honest and broke than uh, worry about one of those new IRS agents coming after you. Oh, that was... I'm hounding the IRS over here. I'm calling them. Hello? Hello, IRS? One thing I was going to mention way back at the beginning and then forgot. Do you remember the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. And the first guy that won a million dollars? Yeah, I don't remember that. What what would happen? That was the IRS guy. <laughs> and looking back, that was totally propaganda <laughs> to make you fear the IRS because the guy was brilliant. Interesting. He, he was he was the guy who whips all the way through it, pretends to be stumped on his last. He hasn't even used his lifelines. Right. Gets the million dollar question. Says, oh, I'm going to phone a friend. I'm going to call my dad. They call him up and he says, I don't need your help. I just wanted to let you know I'm about to win a million dollars. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was the IRS guy. It's like, oh, man, this, this is who the IRS has working for him? These super geniuses? So it was, I think it was, a, looking back, I think it was rigged. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. It's, it, like you spend a million dollars to have... You know, to convince a whole country that they should fear the IRS. So, it's... I was talking to my wife this week, and I said something to the effect of... Oh, yeah, yeah, something about, you know, we have a million dollars. And then I looked at her, and I was like... It doesn't seem like that much money right now. <laughs> it's like... I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'd like to have that amount, but like... Yeah. When you really start looking at like housing, and if every house, even in Oklahoma, is approaching half a million, I mean, what? How much is a million dollars really? Get right. two nice houses in Oklahoma as opposed to one? I mean, it's it's better than Seattle, but a million dollars is no longer a million dollars. I'm talking about right. It's it's no longer like oh no no need to work anymore. You're yeah. set for life. Yeah. You know? No, it's like oh, you can probably buy a house or something. Well, <laughs> a a, a part house. Of, part of it is. You don't know what a million dollars is going to be two years from now. Yeah. Is it is it going to be three quarters of what it is now, or is it going to be 
a quarter of it or a tenth of it. Either. Oh, yeah. There's once it once it goes, once the rest of the world decides, you know, let's do something other than dollars. Uh, it's there's no limit to how worthless it can get. So, well, the good news is we have a pretty strong economy, increased <laughs> increased GDP. We're making all kinds of products based that on, we can based p- on fundamentals. And, yeah, fundamentals. Yeah. A lot of good GDP. Uh, we got Seven Eleven that delivers. We got a, a president that understands the situation well. Yeah, president. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have zero percent inflation in July. That's good. Zero percent inflation is good. Thank you. Is not. Uh, Zero and eight point five are not the same number. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we got we got Walmart workers getting off work and ordering Seven Eleven delivered. <laughs> it's all just a merry-go-round of different acts and services that we do for each other and pay each other. They got got teenage girls getting on uh, on the old. Uh, only yeah, this, fans making this money. This is our economy now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not, I'm serious. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Well, if you, if the money does go bad, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it's going to be your only option is going to be. You know what? We're going to have to learn how to sew and learn how to make clothes and do stuff ourselves because we're not going to be able to ship stuff over cheap from China. It's not going to be an option anymore. No need to learn to sew. Just go to <laughs> your favorite local reseller. I should share my reseller store. It's pretty much what I've been doing with my time since mortgages aren't taking off right now. It's just putting time and money into to my wife's reselling business. Yeah. That's where that's where it is. So if anybody out there needs any clothes, and I mean any kind of clothes, we come across anything for anybody. Could use some new cargo shorts. Oh, I think we have some. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Come across. Uh, I came across. What did I come across recently? I thought of you. Are you a safety razor? Probably. No. Did you get a safety razor yet? No. Come no. on. It's like a twenty. I'm thinking maybe I'll just grow a beard. Twenty thirty dollar investment, and then your razors are like a like 10 cents a piece no it, it makes sense long term but yeah we'll see all right fair enough no we're always coming across golf oh old golf stuff so i think that's what we thought of you but yeah clothing resale that's a thing that you can do uh and if people are out there are interested in purchasing clothing and it's not just like all used clothing a lot of it's new with tags it's amazing have you ever looked into this this is a total tangent but i mean this is just homework for people i'll bring an article or something next time but one of the things about this reselling business that's really opened my eyes do you have any idea how much waste there is in clothing uh i i actually do because it's one of our customers was this place called the renewal workshop and that was their whole deal was getting you know there was some tiny defect from a designer brand, so they couldn't sell it. So they sent it to these guys, and they would basically, you know, fix it and then sell it from there. So yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, we feel like every time we go to a thrift store or the you know the Goodwill outlet or whatever, it's like taking a Dixie cup and putting it under a waterfall. We just try to pull out what we think is valuable to to sell. And when I say we, I mean my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
there's a whole documentary. It's all these clothes, they end up getting shipped to Africa. There's this one country in Africa that has like almost all the world's clothes that gets shipped there. And it's like, there's just massive, <laughs> massive waste. Yeah, it's all the, uh, you know, NBA, you know, the Portland Trailblazer NBA championship shirts from the, yes that stuff win, there yeah. but but the stuff doesn't get worn like I always thought yeah. like there's all oh, those people in Africa wearing it no no it ends up in weird piles that like rot the land and like get on the beaches and it's a, oh really it's oh a, like passed out like here's some clothes no there it's there's too much so oh, yeah, yeah it's passed out like here's some clothes but there is so much there. That it ends up just like it's like this huge catastrophe. There's a whole, but anyway, it's kind of it, it kind of sobering to see how much waste there is in the in the United States. Like, this is just one element: clothing. I don't know. One thing I like about everything everything's so flimsy. I don't know. It's well, not everything, but like as far know, as the, the cheap foreign-made stuff, it just so it just falls apart. Yeah. Way too quickly. But Yeah. Yeah. Now one thing I like about clothing reselling is you can log on and you can find your size. <laughs> what whatever brand you want. Maybe it's been worn a few times, but you can order it, get it delivered to your door, and you don't have to go to the store, Andrew, and you're supporting a local business somewhere. Some small business at least. Yeah. So that's cool. I don't know. I think it's going to become a bigger part of the podcast as it becomes a bigger part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm currently standing in a room with boxes upon boxes and upon boxes of clothes behind me that uh, I inventory, by the way, and then wrap up and ship when they sell. So oh, anyway, cool. I'm sure it'll be a bigger part of the show, but our words of wisdom are clothing waste. <laughs> Those are your, your words. What about yeah. yours? I don't even remember what yours were. Learn to do things. No, well, what you said earlier, I think, is the the right thing. You don't need pills. Yeah. You don't need electronic stuff. You need the same stuff that people have always needed, and you know all the all those do this, don't do that stuff in the Bible that was so so restrictive <laughs> so and restrictive. so backwards, and oh. you know it's it was. God was right about everything. So I edited it. Yeah, he, God was right about everything. Hundred percent right. I edited a part about religion out of that Russell Brand clip for you, just because I knew I didn't want you, you didn't want to hear it. So you you figured I would be triggered enough with the like, like you're an amazing sunflower about to achieve singularity consciousness. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll we'll. Uh... We'll talk to you next week. It's uh, 12.45 at night, and we both have uh, children under 10 that need to go to school in the morning. So uh, we're going to uh, we're going to call it. I, 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 I bid thee adieu. Yes, thank you, and uh, thanks for doing the show, Tim, and thanks, everyone, for listening, especially if you are still listening right now. Thank you very much. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't